and good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio, a very busy Thursday edition of the program. A lot to do today. Today's show is brought to you by Superbook Sports. We've been talking all week about the under tonight. And if you are confident, there's just no way that Bailey Zappi, Zippy Zappi, and Mitchell kissing titties Trubisky are capable of putting together 30 points. Well, now when you put it that way. What, because he likes to kiss titties? Yeah, z- zip on the ball zappy is what they call zip, it. Yeah, zip on the ball zappy. Zippy zappy, and if you are convinced they can't do it, then race over to Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Sign up when you use the code GlennClark23. Make up to $250 on that first bet of the under in tonight's game. Which, again, seems extraordinary, that number, but I get it. These offenses are not good. These quarterbacks are not good. So you do that. And if it hits like we all expect it to, you're in the money. And you get up to $250, whatever it is that first bet was, in free bets. If it doesn't, if somehow tonight is the night, if... T.J. Watt does all of the scoring for the Steelers if Matt Judon does all the scoring for the Patriots. If they somehow end up making it a 17-14 game and you miss, the good news is you'll still have up to $250 in free bets waiting for you to try again and bet something else this weekend to win that money that you could have had tonight. So go sign up today. Again, use the code Glenn Clark 23. Coming up today, we'll make our picks for the weekend. Our buddy KZ joins us uh, later on in the show. Perhaps you've heard of him, Jaden Daniels. I hear I hear he's good. LSU quarterback. He is the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award winner for 2023. He's going to check in with us. I hear he's also in line to win some other award on Saturday that is almost as good. We'll talk to him about all of that. Uh, speaking of college football, Army-Navy is coming up on Saturday, and we will chat with former Ravens offensive coordinator Rick Neuheisel, who is, of course, part of CBS's pre- and post-game coverage for college football, including Army-Navy. And later on in the program, we'll preview Ravens-Rams. Max Starks, former Steelers offensive lineman, uh, he's on the call for ESPN Radio on Sunday, so all of that a little bit later on in the program. Some thoughts. Obviously, the Craig Kimbrell thing went, you know, official yesterday. A little bit more money than I think we expected. Thirteen million dollars for Craig Kimbrell. Sheesh, sheesh. Um, the other thing is that it was made official when Brandon Hyde met with the media down at the uh, winter meetings. He said, "Yeah, he's the primary closer." Now, I have a couple thoughts about that. The first thought that I have is. If in getting Craig Kimbrell to sign, you had to say, hey, you'll be the primary closer, I get that. I would come back to whether they feel this way or not, I would have very little rope for that. It's been too herky-jerky with Craig Kimbrell. It wasn't just the playoffs last year. Um. Orioles Muse, which is just a a version of Stat Muse, I believe. Orioles Muse on Twitter 
Craig Kimbrell's win probability added for the Phillies throughout the 2023 season. In the first half of the year, 2.41 win probability added in 37 innings pitch. Pretty good. Second half, negative 0.81 win probability added in 32 innings. In the postseason, negative 0.48 win probability added in eight innings. After the midway point of last season, it wasn't good for Craig Kimbrell. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not still a qualified you know, major league reliever. There are very few that are brilliant. This is sort of the way that it works. It's the cost of doing business. Baseball players cost money. It's just the reality of the circumstances. Wait till you hear what Chris Davis costs. He was terrible. I would have a very short leash with Craig Kimbrell. There would be, you know, things like, I don't think that I would give him five out save attempts like you did with Felix Batista a year ago. If you want to call him your closer, call him your closer. But I would still be preparing D.L. Hall to be a closer. And I think the part that's more concerning I know Stan yesterday was talking about, well, I, I think this sets them up to make, make a trade with the Marlins. I I hope. It's always the conversation that we have whenever we talk about anything the Orioles do. Is it's hard to look in a vacuum at just that move without considering moves that they didn't make, without considering why we, it's very difficult. We talked about this with Drew yesterday. If you measure Craig Kimbrell against Josh Hader, you're disappointed. Josh Hader's much better. But the reality is that it probably wasn't Craig Kimbrell versus Josh Hader. The reality is that it was probably more like Craig Kimbrell versus Aroldis Chapman. And if that's the case, Craig Kimbrell is a better option than Aroldis Chapman. It's the difficult part about having conversations about anything the Orioles do. The difficult part is the expectations are so low that this is something. It could have been worse. They could have added nothing. We probably wouldn't have been stunned if they added nothing. I hate saying that, but that's the reality. So they did do something in an area of need. Will it work out? I'm torn. I'm torn. It's it's all I can say. It's a move. I guess that's a good thing. I guess. It again, I keep coming back to it could be worse. They could have done worse than adding Craig Kimbrell. You pray that's not it. Probably is it for the bullpen, most likely. You pray that for pitching on the whole, there's still something to be done. And what it means for Tyler Wells, as we also discussed with Stan yesterday, Stan says he's convinced now that Tyler Wells definitely goes back into the rotation, and that might very well have always been the plan. I, I, I don't know. If that's the case, then they're probably saying to themselves, well, we like four-fifths of our starting rotation going into next year. Again, got to knock on every piece of wood we can possibly find related to health. 
and guys backing up what they've already done. But they still need one more. They still need something else higher end related to the rotation. And you get that reminder with the Juan Soto deal going final. You get the reminder of part of last year's story was that what appeared to be maybe the most hellacious division in baseball kind of cratered. And I don't know that it's going to remain that way. We still don't know yet what's going to happen with Yamamoto. We still don't know yet about some other moves that could be made. But the Yankees landing Juan Soto immediately brings them back into the conversation. You can say they still need more pitching. I agree. They kind of have Garrett Cole and Garrett Cole. Mr. Cortez should be better. I You say that. They kind of have Garrett Cole. They still need more pitching. But... They probably are inclined. If you're going out and making a move for Juan Soto with one year left on a deal, you presume that means they're dipping their toes back into the pitching market as well. I, I Maybe they acquired Juan Soto for the sake of trying to sign him, but he's a Scott Boris client, and I think that the common perception around baseball is that they're not going to sign. They're going to free agency. They're negotiating with everybody. They're not just negotiating with one team. And if that's the case, then the Yankees presumably didn't trade for him to just stand pat otherwise. They presumably want to be better. And they will presumably add more pitching-wise in the coming weeks. Part of last year's story was that the Yankees and Red Sox stunk. It was very helpful for the Orioles in doing what they were trying to do for the Yankees and the Red Sox to be bad. I don't know that that's going to happen again this year. And by the way, Shohei Otani could still end up in Toronto. Which is crazy, like, and I don't believe it until I see it. Like, I, I just don't... How? How could that be the case? Like, we look around the division. Like, is this like is this all, uh, like, uh, ripple effects from the Orioles winning the division? This is It just no. kind of made the, no, the Orioles, Red Sox and Yankees no, and Blue Jays no, not all. Not at all. No, those, those teams have never cared about what anybody else was doing. They've always wanted to be at the forefront of baseball. Stop. Is it the I mean, Orioles I mean, this division is going to have, I mean, it's not, I say gonna, it could have Otani, Yamamoto. I understand. Soto. And Soto. Right. I get it. Rays I, are still going to win 95 games. But you understand that's anything. how those teams have always been. Like, that's not new. That's not reactionary. That's what they've done throughout their history. It's more surprising when those teams don't do anything and start suddenly worrying about being fiscally responsible for a couple of years. Yeah, Aaron Judge is still there, too, by the way. I don't know if you've heard. Well, he didn't win an MVP last year. So. He didn't. You're right. Probably won't win MVP as long as Shohei Otani, unless he hits 60-some home runs, which he might do. He's Aaron Judge. That's totally possible. This is, these are, this is the tough part about talking about it. You don't want to be down because they did something. They made a move. But you can't help it. It feels like you're bringing a toy gun to a knife fight. You're getting Craig Kimbrell. They're getting Juan Soto. You're getting Craig Kimbrell. They're getting Shohei Otani. 
Maybe. Again, I'm still struggling with it. That's tough. It's it's something. It's it's not nothing, and you still like the core of what the Orioles have, and you still believe in the direction that they're going, but it feels like it needs to be solidified, and Craig Kimbrell ain't solidifying it. It's possible this is the year. Like, this is your chance. And I'm not trying to say that the window closes or anything like that. I don't want to be over the top. Jackson Holiday is only going to be getting to the major leagues this year. You think there's going to be a still at least three more years, but at some point you're either going to have to start signing guys or making some decisions. Scott Boris said this week the Orioles are calling about trying to extend Gunnar Henderson, trying to extend Jackson Holiday, but you know, this is the same conversation we just had about Juan Soto. It's not in Scott Boris's blood to negotiate with one team. He likes negotiating with all of them. I get it. I get it. I'm I'm not... I'm trying to be kind. I'm trying to be kind. I don't want to be unfair. I don't think it's a bad signing. I think they could have done better. I was fearful that they would do worse. And that's where I'm at with Craig Kimball. Maryland basketball wins last night against Penn State, so at least it's not like pure rock bottom. Boy, they tried like hell, didn't they? They tried like hell. Had to go to overtime. I mean, I thought that was a questionable foul call at the end of regulation, but, you know, you're not a good team. You're not going to start getting the benefit of the doubt. But they hold on. Dante Scott certainly was better than he had been. Jameer Young has been great all year. You almost feel bad for Jameer Young. He's trying to do it all by himself. And Deshaun Harris-Smith was at least helpful last night. But that's been one of the more difficult parts of the season is that like Deshaun Harris-Smith was supposed to be kind of a star immediately, and he has not been that. But, it, he, but how is he a 48% free throw shooter? How is that possible? Although he did make the N1 late, so maybe it's more like 50%. How? He joins the litany of recent Maryland players where you're just like, how are you this bad at the free throw line? How? How is it? And I get it, it's a small sample size. I, I understand that he's got time, but like, you don't normally go from 50 to 80. It doesn't normally work that way. You'd have to make literally every free throw in order for that to be the case. Bizarro world, man. Who was the the guard that was a bad free throw shooter for them a couple years ago? Man, it's I gonna mean, drive yeah, me nuts. Which one? Yeah. No, I know, and that's the problem is I can't I can't for the life of me remember who it was and what. Oh yeah, you want to tell me? Yeah, yeah, who cares? Ah, uh, congratulations to Towson. Nice win last night at home oh, over yeah. UMass. Yeah. That was cool. I mean, it's not like it's a particularly good UMass team, but it's still an A10 team. You know, it's still a step up in competition um, for Towson, particularly given everything they've been through, as Patrick Stevens talks about with their point guard issues this year. Nenditark, so. uh, uh, Scary said, he, he, the waiver will be coming soon. That's what he said. I, so. That will be very helpful for yes. them. But in the meantime, that was a really nice win. Um, were you there? Did you? I was there, yes. You there? It yes. seemed like it was kind of disappointing from a crowd it standpoint. Was. For like it a wasn't big even a, the biggest for, crowd that they had. Uh, yeah, for well, a big they, a, they've only had three games, but that was the second biggest that they had. Yeah, for a big opponent. Yeah. Dog night. Nobody yeah, knows. right. Well, I, 
All right, I don't want to say anything, but I, I didn't know about that until yesterday. I told you that. I'm like, yeah. I, I love Dollar Dog. I mean, I couldn't have gone because I had to work last night, but I mean, I just feel like that word could have gotten out a little yeah. bit more. I mean, it was a good, for who was there, it was a good crowd. Like, everyone was into it. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, you want, there was a lot of. It's a big, you don't get yeah. A-10 opponents at right. home very often. They They got, I think Temple was still in the A-10 when they came for the mm-hmm. opener all those years ago. I was there for that night. That was a great crowd, but it was the first game of the a building. I mean, it was always going to be a great crowd. Just, I guess that's a bummer, but a huge win, obviously, yeah. for uh, Pat Scary's crew. All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. It is a Thursday. That means it's time for us to make picks for the week. Joining us now from Fantasy Pros, you see his rankings every week at PressBoxOnline.com. He's our pal, KZ Kenzales. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Everything is all right over here. Everything is groovy, man. I need some help, though, as always. Um, I, I'm like Puka Nakua is Puka Nakua, and he's great, and I love him. But am I playing him against the Ravens over DJ Moore this week? Probably not over DJ Moore. DJ Moore's matchup is really good. The Lions have been all of a sudden atrocious in the secondary over the last couple weeks. Um, And he's got obviously the the number one target um, for Chicago. So. Yeah, it's tough because we don't want to, you know, this time of year, I always tell people it's easier when you don't have good players, but if you didn't have good players, you wouldn't be in it still. Correct. Um, but it's tough because Nakua doesn't need, we've seen this, he doesn't, he's done it in every way. He's done it with volume. He did it last week for the first time with just the the one humongous play uh, for 70 yards and the touchdown. So it's, um, he's tough to bench, but uh you know, the the matchup isn't great. What about him or Christian Watson if Watson plays? Oh, I'm I'm going Nakua over Watson. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Have you been I, watching I, Christian Watson, man? He's I don't up. I here here's the thing. Uh, hamstrings bug me, buddy. <sighs> he went out with a hamstring, didn't come back in that game. Um and I, I, he's just an in-game risk for me. I can't take it. God, so. he's been so unbelievably good, though, man. That's the. All right, all right. Go I'm, ahead. I'm gonna need either Dontavian Wicks or Elijah Moore to get me into the playoffs. I guess that's assuming <laughs> Christian Watson <laughs> and or Amari Cooper don't play. Jesus but what? Um, I mean, if if Cooper's out, it's Moore. Okay. I, I mean, Wicks just does it. I mean, look, he looks like a, a good rookie, but he just doesn't get volume, and we're. We're just praying that he catches a long pass. It's just the volume's just not there. Mitchell, I mean, you got he he's behind Reed, he's behind Dobbs. Uh, it's just I can't do it. Uh, Minshew or Baker? Minshew. All right, Jesus, we know That's why. Rock. How are you still alive for the playoffs? <laughs> by the way, how are you still even in the conversation? <laughs> I'm good. Like, I'm good. Are you though? It's, yeah. it's like it's like when people call me, call or 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 text, and they're like. Can you help me with a kicker question? I'm like, what, what do you want me to do? I, yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> I mean... that stop. All right. Uh, okay, now, uh, again, this is – somehow I'm only 7-6 and six in this league. 
Uh, I need to start two of Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore, and Puka Nakua. <laughs> um, that's why, because you have too many good choices. Mm, I, and I always make the wrong ones. Right. Well, it's, it, it, I mean, you're talking about four guys that are in my top 20. Um, I guess I'm going Waddle and Jefferson. Okay. I, I, so, so hang on. You know, I can't, I can't bench Waddle with the, with the, they have a good, really good, Tennessee can't stop anybody through the air. So you got to think that Miami's going to put the ball up in the air a whole bunch. The volume's there for Waddle. I, Jefferson's one. I mean, he's just, when he plays and he's healthy, it doesn't, it hasn't mattered his whole career who the quarterback is. I, I can't. If I'm going to go down, if I waited this long, I'm going to go down with the ship and I'm going to start Jefferson. Are you going to start DJ Moore over any of Kyron Williams, Jameer Gibbs, or Isaiah Pacheco? I'm seven and six in that league. I just want to report. I can, that. I can, I can start. I, I very honestly, I can start him over Gibbs. That's what I was thinking, actually. I, I can really start him over Gibbs. I mean, we, uh, and I probably would this week because I, what I don't know with Gibbs. I, I don't know if it's no, a Montgomery it. week. I don't know if it's a Gibbs week. I don't know anything about how they're going to attack Chicago, um, especially in their run game. Two weeks ago, it was Gibbs. Last week, it was Montgomery. I, I, I'm probably going the safer route and and think I know what I know, and I know DJ Moore is going to be the top targeted wide receiver against a secondary that hasn't been good the last couple weeks. <sighs> All right. All right. He still has Justin Fields as his quarterback as part of my I, I know, but he looks for him. I understand. Uh, and then I'm assuming I'm starting Tua over Stroud? Yes. Okay, I feel like I'm good then. I feel like I'm all right. It's uh, it's it's nerve wracking in that league. My team is. It way is. Too... It's 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 my... it's nerve wracking in most. Well, I understand. But like my team is and, way too good to be this bad. I you know, know. like it's way look, too I, good of look, a team. I have a, I have six. a team that last week I I kept DK Metcalf on the bench. Mm. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm assuming I'm starting Fields over Stafford. By the way. Yes. Okay. Very good. Let's get into it. Let's make some picks. Here's where we're at. Um, Jeremy Kahn is already making plans. He knows he's lost. It's what it is. Life. life. <laughs> I, I mean, there's just no hope. Thank goodness. He's 21 games back. There's no way to define how impossible it would be. Uh, the disappointing part, I think, for Jeremy isn't necessarily the re- it, It's that he came in late and has still had the worst record since he joined. Like, even if you take away all the games that he was behind to begin with, he has a 43% win percentage on the year, which is 5% worse than Griffin's. It's bad. It's what it is. It's just how good I Not am. a whole lot we can do about it now. Griffin is currently putting some distance on Scott's stat position. Griffin is four games clear of Paul Valley and Ryan Shell to have to go by himself to a Creed show next summer. At the top of the table, there is drama. The problem is we just don't really care about the top of the table. It's a little bit of money. It's, I think, 275 bucks. Uh, right now, I'm a game up on KZ. I'm two games up on Nick Kelly, John and Little Rock, and Andrew Stetka. So, we get into picks this week. It's the first week we don't have three college games. Only one college game. Eight NFL games. We got some complaints after Griffin sent the picks out. John and Little Rock is like, the hell man we don't know what's going on with trevor lawrence well i think we do first of all i'm pretty sure we know that trevor lawrence isn't playing and two 
You can bet that game right now at Superbook, which means we can pick it. And whatever happens, this 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 reminder, this ain't a contest of skill. I'm winning. I'm aware. I don't really know anything. That's how betting works. You convince yourself that you know better. You don't. No one has any clue. We're all stupid to bet on any of these games. But we do it anyway. Now, let's get into it. We start with Army-Navy. We do start with Army-Navy in Foxborough uh, this week. And uh, Army, they are laying three. The game's at 3 o'clock on CBS on Saturday, of course. Um, College game day. That's correct. College game day will be in Foxborough. But they only do like an hour of college game day. It's kind of a weird bit that I don't care I mean, I guess what are they going to do? Um... I don't really have any reason to like this is the betting army navy is always so difficult. What you would point out is that the advantages that army has had the last couple of years remain. They the army has fifth year players on their roster. Navy has not done that at all during the pandemic and yet for some reason they fired their coach. Um you know navy has looked good at times obviously they didn't look good last time out but we you know SMU was really good before their quarterback got hurt. Um, but they had looked good. Their defense has mostly been exceptional. This almost sort of feels like the game is kind of even to me, so I'll just play the points and take Navy. But in a in what I expect is going to be a 13-10 game, I'm not really sure how much the points are going to matter. This is probably going to be a push, so I'll just take Navy in the points. Oh, just for fun, I'm going to take Army then. Okay. Because um, <laughs> of all the things you said, let's not pretend like we know anything really about this. The games are usually closed. Navy's defense has looked really good. Um, their offense, not so much. Uh, it's Army-Navy. It comes down to a one-score game. It's only three. It feels pushy. I'll take Army. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the problem with Navy is they just, like, they haven't really beaten anyone. Like, what's their best win? Like, <laughs> Tell me about how, how all the great teams armies beat. They beat Air Force. Like, oh, okay. They, they, we thought that they were true. good, I guess. Um, but, uh, they do play, they play everyone close, and they play really good defense, and they're catching points here. I was, I was inclined to go with Army because my brother is in the Army now. Ah, oh, how about Um, that? but he gave me my blessing. He gave me his blessing to take Ah, Navy. there you go. That's <laughs> so, not, nice of you. Know, big moment, obviously, in your I'll family. take Navy, plus three. Was there like a ceremony of yeah. some sort? Yeah, I texted him and I was like, "I'm leaning Army." Jesus. Or, or I, yeah, I was leaning Navy, and he was like, "Hey, that's fine." Okay. What else is everybody doing? Uh, we're pretty split. Uh, Glenn and I on Navy. Also on the midshipman is John and Little Rock, of course. Doctor Nick Kelly and Jeremy Khan is on our side, <gasps> taking Navy. Oh, oh no, no. <laughs> now we go to. Oh, I, not only do I feel bad for us, I feel bad for the mids. Like, I'm so sorry, boys. I was hoping you could end this streak. We go to the game of uh, game of the week, game of the year, maybe game of the century. They're saying, yeah, right. The lowest over under since 1993. Patriots at Steelers on Prime Video tonight, and uh, the Steelers and the lowest over under in that we've that we almost have ever seen in NFL history. Uh, Steelers are laying six. Six. What do you do with this? It's the worst game we've ever picked best game six like that feels impossible but then you remember the patriots cannot can they kind of they can't score a point like they can't score one how are they gonna score enough to to make the six points matter unless of course the steelers only score three six would have been a push last week for the patriots god this is so bad I mean, this is just so bloody bad. I, 
I feel like the responsible thing to do would be to take the points, but I'm not going to do it. Give me the Steelers. Oh, God, why? I'm going to take the Steelers in the over. I think this is a high-scoring game tonight. Oh. Um, just because everybody expects it to be low score. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's going to be like 21 to... Like 17-14. High, high score. No, like, like, you know, like, like, no, like... Once, I don't think either 21, team gets 20. 21 to 6 at the half or something like that. Something no something way. crazy. Uh, New England couldn't score. They've scored like 0, 3, and yeah. 6 over the last three games it's or something really like that. Bad. And they just lost their best football player in in stevenson so you know yay get a lot of a lot of uh zeke and two and a half yards of carry tonight so um give me the steelers um i i i, I can't take the steelers i mean this steelers offense is so yeah. See, this so is, bad this is the problem griff this is why you are where you are <laughs> take by the way getting by the way show some respect it's zero seven and six so oh, i'm sorry yeah. i'm sorry you shorted them four points <laughs> Uh, my bad. <laughs> um, I mean, like, because it, it really is going to come down to how many times TJ Watt can score or, you know, put the Steelers in field goal position. Um, and I, I don't – I think they're going to be on the field a lot, so I, I think that may – that will wear down on them a little bit. Um, and the Patriots have uh, – they've the, the Patriots are going to lose because they've perfected this competitive tank that they have. Um, I have the Steelers winning 12-10 to 10 in this one, so, so Patriots cover. I see the Patriots, uh, you know, get scoring twice somehow. Um, so I'll take the Patriots. Uh, I'm not alone on New England. John Proctor is taking the Patriots, as well as Ryan Shell, Andrew Stetka, and Jeremy Kahn. Jesus Christ. <laughs> there is a lot of Patriots there. Six and points. it's a terrible game. It's a terrible game. Let's go. Uh, Indianapolis at all of our, Cincinnati. Of course, all of our spreads, courtesy of Superbook, I should say. Of course. Indianapolis at Cincinnati, and uh, it's a, nearly a pick em. The Colts are minus one going into Cincy. That's another one I don't know what to do with, right? Like, do you buy into what we saw from Jake Browning? Uh, I know the Colts have been playing well, but they haven't really played anybody. I don't know. I'm I'm willing to bite here. Give me the Bengals. I'll buy in on Jake Browning a little bit. I think the Colts are frauds. I, I think that this is a... I think we're overvaluing performance against bad teams. Like, I think we're overvaluing what they did against the Titans. So, I'll, I'll take... I'll, I'll bite on... What we saw from Jake Browning on Monday night was the Bengals figuring out how to make it work and be confident with him as their quarterback. So I'll take the Bengals. Yeah, um, you just contradicted yourself because you you don't want to believe in one, but after one outing, you want to believe in the it other. It was against a good team. Um, That's the difference. They they played a good did, team. Did they? Yes, they played. The, I, have you heard the Jaguars are good? I don't know if they are. Well, they might not be now um, moving forward. But... I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to take Indy here just because it's a pickup game, um, and I I not going to buy into that Browning is the is the answer and all things are now fixed. Okay. In Cincinnati, um, you have to buy into Gardner Minshew, who again their win streak is again the, he's the, played really the really well. The Panthers, the Patriots, the Buccaneers, and the Titans. That's what it's you're fun. buying into. That's fine. They're figuring out a way to win. They can run the ball a little bit. Zach Moss has a big game, and he wins. I I uh, I, I disagree. I I'm on Glenn's side. I mean, Piss. I think Jake Brown. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I think Jake Browning. I mean, I, I don't know what Jake Browning is, but he's got Jamar Chase. He's got T Higgins. He's Joe Mixon showed that he can still handle a massive workload. Um, and you know, I I I see them AFC Northing their way to a win here, and uh, and and. 
taking down the Colts. So I will. Uh, I actually think there'll be more points than that. Um, I mean, maybe, but still, I think it's going to be kind of an ugly game, and that'll okay. that'll favor the Bengals. Uh, also on the Bengals, it is actually let's do it the other way. Colts uh, joining Ken, John Proctor, uh, Doctor Nick Kelly, Andrew Stecca, and Jeremy Kahn. Ah, yeah, there we go. Ooh. Along with Ken on the Colts. That's good. good news. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. It's so sad that this game matters. It's so sad that this is a relevant game this week. The six and six division leading Falcons are minus one favorites. Um, I guess you got to take the Falcons. I guess I. It seems like they've at least figured it out enough to be able to to be competitive against bad teams. So Falcons is my pick. Yeah, the Falcons. I think they played pretty well at home recently. I mean, they're they're not again. I mean, you got two bad teams here. I mean, let's not pretend Atlanta. Atlanta's going to win that division probably by default because everybody else is terrible. Um, but their defense isn't is sneaky, sneaky okay. They're like in the middle of the pack, whereas Tampa's defense is just god-awful. I'll take Atlanta at home. Um, yeah, I, I, that's, I, I'm taking the Falcons as, as well just because um... – yeah, because uh, well, because I think because the beginning of the year when can you talk me into betting them uh, to win the division? Isn't uh, it good? But did you parlay them I with did. Detroit the, like I told you to? Detroit and Jacksonville. Uh, look at you. There, so, there you go. Still you. Right. I mean, I don't know Jacksonville now. It looks yeah, close, that doesn't but, look great. But they got a two game lead. I, th- I feel pretty good about it. Um, yeah. So that, for that reason alone, I'll take the Falcons here. All right, Glenn. Who did you say your team? I said the Falcons. You said the Falcons. Yeah. So all three of us on the Falcons. On the Buccaneers is Paul Valley, uh, John Proctor. Ryan Shell and Jeremy Cobb. Mm, and we like that. On the Buccaneers. Um, now those Jacksonville Jaguars are at Cleveland, and the Jags are getting three points going in going into uh, Flacco land. So, I mean, obviously that spread indicates that nobody thinks yeah. that Trevor Lawrence is going to play. Um, man. You know, like it's not like C.J. Beathard looked incompetent. But now he's hurt, right? What? He's like, he, I, I mean, I think he's expected to play, but okay. he was, I was like, he what like the hurt hell? his shoulder at the end of the game. He's not 100%. Yeah, he's, he's got a 100%. shoulder issue. I can't believe that you're trying to get me to... <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to get me to bite, aren't you? He was limited yesterday, so he'll probably... Play. Fine, I'll do it. Give me Joey Flacco. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going Cleveland, you know, because, I mean, I don't know who the third quarterback is. <laughs> But I think he's going to play in this game. I, I don't, you know, Beathard's going to try to push through and, and play is, is the exact word I saw from a columnist in Jacksonville that, you know, if they had anybody else even relevant, he wouldn't be playing. By the way, they don't, now have, you got a, the, they don't have a third know, quarterback listed on the I know they chart. don't. So you got, Parker so, Washington so you have a hurt, got a hurt quarterback with uh, going up against a Cleveland defense that's, by the way, really, really good uh, rushing the passer. I don't think C.J. makes it through the game. I'll take Cleveland in what's going to be an ugly, ugly game. Something called Nathan Rourke is on their practice Nathan squad. Rourke. Fantastic. Yeah, they got that going for them. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Miles Garrett might have that. Have C.J. and, what's his name, Nathan Rourke? Nathan Rourke. He's going to have both their heads on his mantle. So, uh, <laughs> plus, Flacco's the quarterback. So, Flacco train. All the way, I will take the Browns. Uh, um, taking the uh, sorry, hold on. I typed in. Paul got his picks in late. He t- uh, taking the Jaguars is John Proctor, Andrew Stecka, and I believe that is yes, yeah, the only two. Okay, on the Jaguars. Everybody else is on the Brownies. Very professional operation. Yes, it, 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 very it professional is. operation. Um, the middle of picks. Ken Zalis is with us. 
Denver <laughs> at Los Angeles. The Chargers, uh, they are laying two and a half against the Broncos. This is at 425, by the way. And it's But it's in L.A. It is in L.A. Yeah, Denver I mean, that, that's... That makes sense. No, it doesn't. It does. Like, the, the Broncos had a nice little streak there, but they never at any point looked overly impressive. I get that this feels like a spot where you have to take the points because the Broncos are just good enough and the Chargers aren't good. So it that makes it feel reverse locky. But I'm going to bite anyway. Give me the Broncos. Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos right now. The Chargers just look lost. Um, and and, uh, and now excuse it's... Excuse me. Now, they won going away against the Patriots last week. <laughs> going away. I believe <laughs> when you consider the Patriots, oh, that was a multi-score the victory. The sad part is, is that they have offensive pieces. We that, know. That, you know. Yep. What? We know. Like, we know it makes no sense. It's just. They scored, they scored six. I get it. I understand. Six. I get it. Um, Eckler looks done. Like, like he looks done. Yeah, that's that's been. They, I think I saw a talk this week that like Joshua Kelly might get more carries. Yeah, they're going to give Kelly some run because you, you you can't continue to get to give the ball to Eckler right now, which is just nuts. Very I'll, sad. I'll take that. Yeah, very sad. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I, there's nothing. Like Keenan Allen. That's the only thing I can like about the Chargers right now. And maybe you know, with Patrick Sert- Patrick Sertain is is banged up, right? But I think he he should play, or maybe I'm not sure. Either way, I, I don't like anything about the Chargers. Um, so yeah, I'll take the Broncos here. I don't think they should be a three-point favorite over any. I guess it's two and a half, but uh, you know, I don't think they should be a favorite over anyone right now. Maybe the Patriots. Maybe. On the Chargers is Jeremy Kahn, uh, John Proctor, and Paul Valley. Okay. Taking the Chargers. I mean, who knows? Maybe this is the week where they look competent again. Um, this you know on paper should be a good game. It's Buffalo at Kansas City, and it is uh the four four twenty-five window, and the Chargers are or Chargers Chiefs minus one and a half. Oh, that. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Boy, that's fascinating. I mean, there's clearly something wrong with the Chiefs, right? Like we can't we can't see past that. The Bills have been more competent than they were. It just still feels like this number is too small for a Chiefs. Like it in the past we would have said the Bills are desperate, but now the Chiefs are starting to veer into desperation territory. And I'll take the desperate Chiefs with the number being so small. Chiefs. Uh, something's wrong with the Chiefs. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I I we keep waiting for the offensive explosion, don't we? Like, and it just doesn't seem to happen. But I can't pick against them this week. I I just I I just think there's both teams are flawed. I, I'll take Kansas City. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I know I've been saying I can't pick Bills games, but I I think that's more of a I, I can't pick any game actually. Um. But like, yeah. Seriously. Like, if you're picking the Chiefs here, like the Bills are dead. Like the Bill. Like I don't know. Like I guess they. Like, yeah. The Bills have almost no chance if they lose this game. Um. And that being said, I mean, I think the Chiefs have to bounce back from Sunday night. They still have Patrick Mahomes, and he like almost never, I don't know, has he? He almost never loses back-to-back games, and they're at home. So yeah, I will take the Chiefs in this one. Uh, biting on the Bills, Paul Valley is being pretty contrarian this week, uh, joining Andrew Stecka and Jeremy Kahn. You know, I would say that he's like trying to find his way back in, but the truth is he could end up finding his way. Maybe he just really wants to go see Creed. Paul's a weirdo, man. Like, he went to Limp Bizkit and had the time of his life. He might just really want to go see Creed next summer. 
Um, to the Sunday night game, Philly at Dallas. And the Cowboys at home are laying three and a half against the uh, ten and two Eagles. This one is tricky to me. Because did San Francisco expose something about Philadelphia? Or is that just how good San Francisco yeah, have is? Have Chris McCaffrey and, right. and Trent yeah. Williams and yeah, Debo. And, and, <laughs> and it, re- re- it requires you to believe in the Cowboys against a good football team, except it doesn't necessarily because you get the hook, right? Like, all it believes you requires you to do is believe they're good enough to be competitive against a good football team. I'll regret this one, but I'm going to bite Cowboys. I've said for a couple of weeks now, Dallas has been really, really good defending their home field. Um, I think that continues. They're, they're playing really, really well right now. They seemingly got Pollard out of his slump, and he's running the ball well, which makes them multidimensional now. Dak's an MVP candidate, and we know what the defense is on the other side. So I, I'm going to, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into the exposed. I think San Francisco is just the best and most balanced team in football. Philly's still really, really good, but Dallas is playing on a, another level, especially when they're at home. I'll take the Cowboys. I'm going to follow, you know, the same logic I had picking Philly last week. They're a really good team getting points. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to make the mistake I did last week of picking the Cowboys. I mean, nine nine points was a, is a really big number. But, again, Philly's a good team. I think the Seahawks are a good team. They kept it close. Um, I think the Eagles keep it close and, and within three and a half. So I will take the Eagles. And uh, I'm in the minority on this one, along with Kyle Ottenheimer, John Proctor, uh, Dr. Nick Kelly, and Ryan Shell are the five of us. Can, on... can I can I be honest for a second? Yes. I thought the points were the other way. Oh, uh, you thought? Uh, yeah. I thought, thought Dallas I, was getting. I, you want to yeah. switch now? You can I, switch. I really did. Like, and I'm just being honest about this. Ken's giving you the okay. I'll let him switch. I actually, I'm one game behind. I, I yeah, right? Yeah, it's good. I understand the way that you're feeling about this. <laughs> I re- yeah, I do want to switch. So Eagles plus I do three want to switch. and a half. I can't. I almost can't believe the Cowboys are three and a half point favorites. I can't believe that's the case. All right, so Glenn joins us on the uh, yeah. on the good side. Sorry, sorry, I, it's on me. I completely screwed up. I try not to look at the email. I try to like okay. make it a thing. You right. know what I mean? You know, it's funny. It's funny. There's three of us here. Yes. One person's in the lead. Yes. One person's one game behind, and the other one of us is. And the other one is going to a concert. Yeah, when you are to with... to the person. I know. It's stupid. It's yeah, stupid. Very stupid. Very, very stupid. The final game on our slate, it is the Ravens and the Rams. The Rams are coming across from L.A. to play at 1 o'clock, and the Ravens are laying seven at home. Seems like a big number, man. Seems like a really big number. Ravens are really good, typically coming out of buys, and they've They've kind of had their way with NFC teams coming in from great distances to Baltimore this year. The Rams, however, are playing extraordinarily good football at the moment. Again, one that I feel like I'm going to regret. I'm going to take the Rams to cover the seven. I'm going to take the Rams. I am not. They're plus seven, just so you know. Thank you. I appreciate it. They're getting seven? Yes. Seven? Okay. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens. This is, uh, again... um, the, they are good out of buys. They are really, really good at, against NFC teams. They've taken apart Seattle, who we think is a decent team. 
We know Detroit's a good team. Totally dismantled them. Uh, the Rams are an okay team. I, I don't. I think they have pieces that we all like. Um, but six and six is you are who you are. Uh, I don't see this as particularly being a close game. I'll take the Ravens. I'm going to disagree only on that part. Like they're six and six because they didn't have those pieces. What pieces didn't they have? I mean, they they were without Cooper Cup at the beginning the beginning of the season. They played. They had to play Brett Rippon as their quarterback. Like they have been it was missing. A week. It was one week. I understand that, but when you say six York, and six is you are who you are, I I think they're an eight and four team with all of their pieces, which is not all that different than the Ravens at nine and three. Um, okay. I can't do it. I mean, I I have to go Ravens. They're rested. They're coming out of the bye. Least Lamar Jackson is still the quarterback. It. it the only way I can see it being any kind of close is if it's like that Cardinals game where the Rams score one or two late and they make it 31-24 to 24 or something like that, and that's still going to be a push in my opinion. So, um, yeah, Aaron Donald is definitely scary, but, you know, Lamar Jackson is, is better, and he's, and he's Lamar. So I'll take Lamar against the NFC, a, a good NFC team, which he does really well against good NFC teams. So Ravens. Joining Glenn on the Rams is Dr. Nick Kelly, Ryan Shell, and Andrew Stetka. Jeremy Kahn is on the Ravens. Ooh, ooh. Breathe a sigh of relief there. Sigh of relief. Ken and I split on a lot of picks. There could be movement. We did. We're at, we're at one. We, they, we will not be one game separated. Well, you say that, or we'll just split all or those picks and we'll, we'll be just right, we'll just right, we'll right back to where we started. Uh, all right. Uh, you hanging out with us on Sunday after the game? Yeah, it's one o'clock game. Absolutely. Yeah, Project Game Day following the game, of course. <laughs> Brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, helpmygamblingproblem.org. K- KZ and I, Femi, Rita, the whole crew. Facebook.com slash pressbox sports, YouTube.com slash pressbox online. Come hang out with us when the game is over. Normally I say at fans fantasy on Twitter, but he quit Twitter, so find him on like I don't I don't know Facebook. Grinder or something. I'm not sure. Where where all can they find you now? Threads. Facebook and threads. Okay, go find them on those locations. Love you, buddy. We'll talk to you again next Thursday, all right? Take care, guys. Thanks. Ken Zalis, Pressbox, uh, online.com, where you see his rankings each week. And, of course, Fantasy Pros to find all of his fantasy content. So we're past halfway full. Not everybody has, like, as far as just people that have paid to get into the bracket contest, we're past halfway full. We'd be damn near full if everybody who told me they were getting into the bracket contest would just get in. I don't like being that guy. Like I don't like being the like high pressure salesman. Like, hey, can't help but notice you haven't uh, slipped any money into my Venmo yet. I don't like being that guy, but I'm gonna start being that guy. I'm gonna start calling more people out. Hey, for example, like Simon Habdamarium, why haven't you signed up? Why haven't you signed up for the bracket contest, Simon Habdamarium? Why is that the case? I'm gonna start calling y'all out. Bowl Pick'em, not bracket. Bowl Pick'em. Charity Bowl Pick'em. 20 bucks to get in. You could win $350 as long as 35 people sign up. And no matter what, half of the money that you uh, spend is going to help our toiletry and um, socks and underwear drive that we're going to be doing for Helping Up Mission. So please. I'm, we have another week before the bowl games start. So I'm, like, pretty confident that we're going to fill it up. I'm annoyed that it's so slow that we couldn't have just gotten this done. And I'm really asking you as a favor. I've got other things that I need to worry about this holiday season. 
I haven't uh, like you know gotten any presents from Mrs. Clark from the kids. Got to do that at some point. Please just help me out and fill this damn thing up. Please. Asking you as a pal. Your old pal GC over here. Just asking you for a favor. So please get in. Tell your friends. Please fill this thing up by like the end of the weekend so I don't have to spend all of next week screaming about it. All you got to do, Venmo, Glenn-Clark. PayPal, Glenn-Clark 180. Cash app, Glenn-Clark Radio. It's 20 bucks. When you do... Drop me a note, glennclarkradio at gmail.com, at glennclarkradio on Twitter. Say, hey man, signed up, and I will get you the link to get in for our bowl pick'em contest to benefit Helping Up Mission. Got it? Capiche? Thank you. We come back in. Um, we're going to chat with the likely Heisman Trophy Award winner. Jaden Daniels is already the Unitas Golden Arm Award winner. We will talk to him about that and the magical season that he's had for LSU. Busy second hour of the program. We're also going to be joined by Phillies color analyst uh, Ben Davis, former catcher, to talk about Craig Kimbrell. We'll be joined by Max Starks to preview Ravens-Rams. And we'll be joined by Rick Neuheisel to preview Army-Navy. So a lot to do on a Thursday edition of GCR. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, December 12th at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane in Roland Park. It's brought to you by Superbook, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. 
Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visithartford.com and click on events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure. Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Hey, Griffin, it's a good day to be at the uh, Green Turtle, is it not? Absolutely. Every Thursday, actually, because over at the Green Turtle, you get a $10 free bet at the uh, new Green Turtle Sportsbook in Towson or Canton. So stop by, get your $10 bet, watch the game, and enjoy some great Green Turtle food. Uh, you know, I mean, again, you're not going to you're not gonna have to sweat it at all. Maybe you can just fade me in my picks since I've been so bad this season. So Probably smart, and, yeah. Um, so go ahead and take the under in the Steelers minus six, I guess. Um, or, you know, just bet one straight. Who cares? It's a free bet. Do whatever you want with it. So uh, make sure you check out the Green Turtle bar- Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton, the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting with a $10 free bet each and every Thursday. Uh, Matt Torper chimed in and said, I think Kimbrell makes sense for the Orioles. Club option is nice. If he struggles, I'm pretty sure Hyde won't be tentative about replacing him as closer with DL or Wells. Even if he just turns out to be a decent seventh-inning guy, that's still a plus and upgrade from Baker, Fuji, or Jorge Lopez. The 192 innings Gibson gave them need to be replaced. It's easy to overlook, but what they have now probably isn't enough to do that. Need focus on starting pitchers for remainder of offseason. Soto would have been nice in an Orioles lineup for a year, exactly the kind of guy this offense could use. It's funny because, you know, we, we didn't really think about the possibility of the Orioles being in the Soto sweepstakes, but the point is well taken. If you're acquiring, the Yankees didn't give up all that much to land Juan Soto. I think the problem is they gave up a major league pitcher. Like Michael King was helpful for them last year. I don't know that the Orioles had a major league pitcher that they could afford to give up in a trade for Juan Soto if that's what it required from the Padres, right? Like the Padres aren't rebuilding, they're retooling with a player that refused to to sign long-term. So if making this type of move required giving up a major league pitcher, I'm not sure what the Orioles could have done. Who would they have had that another team would have won? Would would the Padres have made the same move for Dean Kramer? Would that have been enough? 
It's the only major league pitcher that you would have thought would have been expendable for the Orioles. So, like, if you want to say, hey, shame on the Orioles for not at least making the call, I'll listen to that. Like, for one year, the price was not so absurd that the Orioles shouldn't have been in the conversation. But ultimately, could they have made the move? I I don't, I don't know. I don't know that the Padres would have wanted to take on the position players that we begin believe are expendable for the Orioles versus a guy that pitched to a 2.75 ERA a year ago. And I get it. It was, you know, in 104 innings. So is there is there a reliever that could be expendable for the Orioles? If they would have offered Yenier Cano, I would, you know, I'm going to start talking myself into this, that, like, you could have could have made a move, said Yanir Cano instead of Michael King. I, Matt, you're going to talk me into the idea that the Orioles could have been in on the Juan Soto sweepstakes. It's going to be they could have or should have. Is that Both, the, that yeah. they could have and should have is what I'm going to end up finding myself saying. So Michael King pitched 104 innings last year. Yanir Cano pitched 72. Michael King pitched to a 2.75 ERA, a 1-1 whip. Yanir Cano's numbers were better than that, right? 2-1 in less innings. 2-1 ERA, 1-0 whip. Maybe they could have been. Again, you're still giving up some prospects, but not your top prospects. And the Yankee system isn't even as good as the Orioles. So, like, presumably... I don't even know how far down the list you're getting. Is it Judd Fabian that you're getting to for one year of Juan Soto? Yeah. Yeah, Matt, I'll I'll convince myself they could have and should have. I guess I just never really believed it was possible. And so I never spent any time thinking about what type of similar deal the Orioles could have constructed to have landed Juan Soto. Now, part of the problem for the Orioles is their glut right, of outfielders, like you'd have to be committed to moving on from somebody in order to have landed Juan Soto. And and I don't, I'm struggling with that to begin with. We talked about this problem early in the week. The Orioles have legitimately five outfielders that all seem like they need playing time. And we understand that at least one of them probably won't be playing in the outfield next year. One of Heston Kerstad, Anthony Santander is probably more of a primary DH, first base type, splitting with Ryan Mountcastle. But you still have a group of Hayes, Mullins, Kerstad, Kalzer that all feel like they should be playing every day. And again, that's not the reason why you don't make a move for Juan Soto, but you've got to be confident in your ability to move on from someone in that group. And presumably the Padres would have been interested in somebody back. I just don't, they probably would have preferred it to be Kowser or Kerstad and the Orioles would be more inclined for it to be, you know, I don't know, Santander. I've seen a few people suggesting um, that, that like the, the Guardians make sense as a trade partner. That, like the, I, th- I saw somewhere floating around that like the Guardians maybe would have some interest in Austin Hayes. Hmm. Um. I'm trying to pull up this. Bernie Pleskoff, who is a pro former scout, wrote for Forbes about the possibility that like the Guardians 
would the Orioles and Guardians would make sense to be trading partners? Uh, I'm. You, you got to lay it out for me. Who it, who is that? Like who? Shane Bieber. Right. What's Shane Bieber's situation? Um, let's see. Contract wise, Shane Bieber is. Shane Bieber is a free agent at the end of the year. Okay. So. So what are you giving relatively up? Relatively. I mean, this is. Same conversation that we're having about Corbin Burns, right? I. What is that price? The Orioles are in an awkward spot, right? Where they don't want to dip into the top end of their prospects for rental pieces still. They would, for rental pieces, they'd rather trade from the second tier of guys. But it really is, there's an element of Esser get off the pot to this. There's an element of, at some point, you've got to make a move. At, at some point, you can't just keep holding on to everybody. I'd like to, but I'm talking about there's ar- there's already a glut of outfielder problem. That exists today at the major league level. At the minor league level, you find the glut of infield problem. Because only Gunnar Henderson so far has proven himself to be viable, everyday, legitimate as far as the infielders are concerned but we're expecting that it won't be long before Jackson Holiday does as well. And then you have Kobe Mayo and Joey Ortiz and Jordan Westberg is probably going to be, again, every day this season. So these problems are, in some cases, already there. And in other cases, only months away. And as much as we can say they're good problems to have, and they are, like it beats having other problems, at some point we have to acknowledge they are problems, though. And you have to address them in some capacity, with the risk being that you're wrong. The risk being that you trade away the wrong guys who end up being legitimate superstars. And hold on to the guys that never really become, you know transcendent types of players. Randall points out that he'd be happy with uh, they make they make a trade for either Logan Gilbert in Seattle, Gavin Williams in Cleveland, or Yuri Perez in Miami. I just I don't know how available those guys would be. I mean these are like Logan Gilbert's name constantly comes up. Yeah. It's hard for me to figure out what the Mariners are. <laughs> right? Like they I they made the Kalanick move, but it didn't feel like they were waving the white flag. It felt more like look, felt like we more tried. Like, yeah, it doesn't he didn't we, work. We tried. Yeah. And we just got to a point where we felt like we had to make a move. Logan Gilbert is still under control. I'm so confused by why the Mariners would move on from Logan Gilbert. Now, if they're willing to, you know, hell yeah. That's the guy that you trade away a lot for. Like, Logan Gilbert, with all of that control, he's not a... He's under team control through 2027. That's the guy that you move multiple pieces and perhaps a top piece to go get. 
all in. I, I'm just, I, I don't know why the Mariners would be inclined to move him. I think it would take, like, that's the type of thing where they say privately, yeah, we'll move him if you want to trade us Gunnar Henderson. You want to trade us Jackson Holiday. And you can say, well, maybe you make up for it by making it Kerstad and Westberg, something like that. Well, that's a that's a heavy price to pay, two guys that are already here. Or maybe you just assume that they have so much pitching that they're interested in something else, but they'd be trading away from that depth of pitching. I I boy, I I like the idea. Man, I I like the idea of a Logan Gilbert, but I just don't know why. I don't know why that would be something that the Mariners would be inclined to do. All right, do you want to grab another break? Yeah. You tell yeah, me. All right, let's grab another break. And uh, I think we're just running a couple minutes late trying to make the track down Jaden. He's a busy man, Jaden Daniels. I understand it. But we'll work on that. And um, we still have a lot to do here on GCR. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park.
Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR where our next guest is being faded today in Baltimore as the winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award after his unbelievable season at LSU. He is quarterback Jaden Daniels and he is with us here on GCR. Jaden, it's Glenn in Baltimore. Congratulations, man, and thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Man, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Hey, man, congratulations. What a season. Can you put into words, and I, and I know that there's other honors that you've received, but but a Johnny Unitas Award, the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. I mean, uh, they view me as somebody with the best arm in college football, so, you know, playing a quarterback means a lot. I, no doubt about it, it means a lot. Did, do you know anything about, like, when you heard that, did you have any idea who Johnny Unitas was? Had you ever heard the name before? Uh, of course I heard the name. Okay. I know you uh, a Hall of Fame player. I know he played for the Baltimore Colts. Uh, you know, I, I know a little bit of stuff. Um, but I mean, just how uh, he revolutionized the game, you know, just with his arm. Uh, the golden arm was the nickname, so obviously knowing that and receiving honor, uh, receiving trophy is an honor. That's really cool, man. That's really cool, Jaden. Walk me through, right? Like, when did you know how special this season was going to be for you? Was there a moment that you're like, oh man, the stars have aligned? I got the right group around me. I know this is this is going to be crazy. Honestly, um, I can't even tell you. I would just say probably after the Mississippi State game, uh, you know, we had some rolling. Everybody was just clicking, and from there it was just everything just flow for the rest of the season. I mean, the numbers are insane, right? Like, did, did you have a moment that was a favorite for you? Did you have a moment looking back where you were like, oh, man, this, this was – I'll remember this for the rest of my life. Uh, not really. I mean, it kind of not until after the end of the year when I've seen everything happen. I've seen the numbers I put up. I was like, dang, it's like one of the greatest college seasons ever. Right? <laughs> like, it's truly an insane season. We're chatting with Jaden Daniels from LSU. He's the winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and is in Baltimore today. Uh, Jaden, we're here in Baltimore. You haven't, like, I'm sure you've heard from, like, everybody during the course of the year. You haven't heard from, like, Patrick Queen or Odell Beckham at any point of the season, have you? Uh, I mean, I talked to Odell. Uh, I talked to seen Patrick Green. You know, they reached out a couple of times. Uh, you know, it's kind of just that, that LSU connection. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, they just check on me and congratulate me on everything I accomplished. That's really cool, man. What, what, so specifically Odell, we're talking about like a legitimate legend of the game. Um, what's that like when you hear from somebody like that? 
I mean, it's dope. Uh, I mean, it wasn't my first time meeting Odell, but uh, he's like a big bro. So really, uh, you know, he's always just checking on us. Yeah. We, so tell me about that. Like, when did that start? How did that happen? And and what's the best thing that like he's told you as you've gotten to know Odell? I mean, uh, it started last year. Kind of met him. Um, you know, just through the connection at LSU, and then this year, you know, he, he texted me uh, after the season, was like, "Congratulations on the season." Uh, he asked me. Uh, if I want to go to the game, or just let them know of anything. So. Wow, man, that's that's really cool, right? Like, do you ever ever do you ever have to pinch yourself a little bit? Like, bro, that's Odell Beckham. Like, I I know Odell Beckham. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, just everything is. Just, but he's he's just a regular person, you know. He, he's uh, kind of he's a big kid, just like us. So that's cool. Uh, it's not it's not too much of, of anything, but you know, just what Odell does um, and what he did for the game of football, you know, made a lot. That's really cool, man. Uh, Jaden, you know, you have an interesting path, right? Because I, I'm, I'm sure that you've, you you heard from people that doubted you and doubted what you were capable of doing and said, yeah, he's a nice player, but I don't know if he's ever going to be, you know, an NFL type of guy. What has it meant for you to be able to prove your ability as as both, you know, as an athlete, as a passer of the football and know now that, like, there's no doubt that anyone can have about you moving forward? It's meant a lot. Just to, I mean, I always believed in myself. So, um, you know, I, that was the biggest thing for me is just having the confidence within myself and then I go from there. And then now I just was able to put in the work and just showcase everything. Um, and, you know, all the work that I put in during the offseason, showcasing and have it come to fruition during the season, you know, it, it just um, it just was something that I can't speak words about. It's just going from there and just seeing all your work pay off. You know, you, of course, obviously, this is a different era of college football, and, and guys make decisions. When you decided to go to LSU, what was the thought process? Why, you know, it was a, it was a time of change there. Like, why was that the right fit? What did you see that made you think that was going to work out the way that it has? Uh, just the opportunity to play against on the biggest stage, yeah. um, against the best competition. And then um, from there, and from there, it's just like you see what LSU does with um, all wide receivers. So, you know, they always breed wide receivers out there in Louisiana. So, I'm be able to go out there and, and play against, play with great talent. Uh, I know it's going to be first round talent. You know, it, it made it easier. Yeah, let's talk about the one that you had to throw the ball to this year, right? <laughs> like, dude, neighbors is unbelievable, right? <laughs> like, how did that connection come about? Like, what? How did that happen that you and he? We're clearly just sort of in a zone together throughout the course of the season. Um, I mean, it's just something we worked on this offseason. Oh, we hung out off the field a lot. So um, once we we're hanging off the field, you know, we started trusting each other more. And then uh, that's just a relationship we built. So everything I knew, what he was going to do, he knew what I was going to do. And it just went from there. Man, it was it was wild to watch you guys play against each other, play with each other this season. It was an incredible connection. Um, we're chatting with Jaden Daniels, Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award winner for 2023. Jaden, uh, you know, there's there. Speaking of Baltimore and LSU, there's a there's another big Baltimorean that's down at LSU. Who's the bigger star on campus? Like, who gets more attention when you guys are walking around? Is it you or is it Angel Reese? Well, I'll say it's Angel Reese. Really? Uh, you know, I, I've never seen myself like this. So I'm not going to say me. So I, I I put her by default. <laughs> But she, is she that big of a like when you have you gotten to know her at all? Uh, yeah, I, I ran a couple, I ran into her a couple times. Um, you know, she's a cool human being. Uh, she's just a regular human being, and 
uh, from there is just like, you know, she won the national championship. She did her thing the right way, how she wanted to do it. No, dude, we we love her up here. Is she – are you a trash talker at all, Jaden? Like, do you ever, like, get into that on the field? Uh, I mean, it just depends. Sometimes, you know, they push me to that to that point, but other than that, no, not really. Okay, so you think she probably is better in the trash talk department than you are? Oh, uh, yeah, most definitely. She's, a, she's the queen, right? Like, they might not – she might be the GOAT. Uh, when it all goes down, when it comes to trash talk, um, where do you keep all these? You're getting like a hundred awards. Uh, who's getting what? Where do you keep all of these? There's gonna be so many trophies that you're gonna have by the end of this week. What do you do with all of them, Jaden? Uh, they're gonna be at my house, uh, <laughs> and then when I leave uh, Baton Rouge, it's gonna be go back to California. Man, I I know it's got to be a special thing for you and your family. Have you been able to get a crab cake since you've been in town? Uh, no, I just literally got in town. Oh, just got in town. All right, we're gonna hope that that ends up. We're gonna hope that works out for you. And then, just give me for you the next the next goals, next step. Like, what what do you work on? What possibly could you do I, after a season like this? How could you possibly be any better moving forward towards the NFL? I mean, I could always grow um, any any way, uh, whether it's footwork, mentally, physically. Uh, so from there, just figuring out uh, the little things I can get better at and enhance my skills. Uh, Jaden Daniels, man, we're so happy for you. Uh, it's so great to have you here in Baltimore. Congratulations on being this year's Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award winner, and congratulations on the many more that we know are coming for you, including uh, Saturday night in New York. Thank you for spending a couple of Thank minutes you. with us. Thank you for having me. It really, really means a lot. Jaden Daniels, uh, LSU quarterback, John Unitas Golden Arm Award winner. Um, you know, it's like a like a freaking video game this season man <laughs> like just bonkers the numbers that that dude put up and uh is gonna end up being the runaway heisman winner it was i mean it was gonna be a fight obviously and a lot of people thought that bo Nix, if they had beaten washington was gonna end up squeezing it out but Jaden daniels is gonna win the heisman and it appears he's gonna win it going away and when you look at his numbers you say yep yep that dude is nuts and it looks like he's gonna be in line to be a first round pick too it's not – I don't know that that's a given, but given the number of teams that need quarterbacks, it feels like there's Caleb Williams and Drake May, and then it seems like he's in that next group of guys and almost certainly is going to hear his name called in the first round of the NFL draft. So happy for Jaden Daniels. That's awesome. Uh, appreciate him. I mean, that's that's one of the, with the, the five biggest stars in the entire sports globe calling into the show this week. I mean, come on. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Appreciate him taking the time for us here on GCR. Still have a lot to do on today's program. Today's show is brought to you by the print issue of PressBox. Only a few more days for you to get this one, and then it makes way for our best of issue. I don't think Stan and I are going to announce everything for the best of issue just yet. I think we'll wait until next week in order to do that, but... um, this one's still available for a few more days at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com, and then get ready as next week our big best of 2023 issue featuring our Mogaba Sports Person of the Year will hit newsstands, and we will look forward to that. Continue along here on a Thursday edition of the program. A couple of things uh, real quick. Uh, I... This is a very, it's a very fair question that was asked by Dave. 
Dave says, Glenn, would you have felt differently about Craig Kimbrell if it was paired with the announcement of a starting pitcher? Yeah, I mean, I would. It's what I'm saying about when we talk about Craig Kimbrell. I'm not down, or I don't think it's a bad move. It's just difficult to look at in a vacuum because you think about all the things that the Orioles could do. I want to talk more about Craig Kimbrell, and uh, we're going to chat with Phillies color analyst and former catcher Ben Davis is joining us now here on GCR. Ben, it's Glenn in Baltimore. Really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, man. No, no problem. Thanks for having me on. I'm in this weird place, right, where for the last 24 hours we've been talking about Craig Kimbrell, and I haven't known how to feel about it because I don't think that adding Craig Kimbrell is a bad thing for the Orioles to do. But I am like confused about a few things. And what jumps out at me in looking at his numbers is not just the playoffs, but like the second half of last season. What what happened? Why was he so good in the first half of last year and then not quite as good in, in half two? Uh, I think he got tired in the second half. Uh, he was used a lot in that first half. And, you know, he made the all-star team. Um, you know, actually got to save in the all-star game. Um, but I think he, uh, the amount of times he was used last year, I think it really caught up to him. You know, he's, he's getting up there in age now, and, you know, he's, uh, he'll be 36 next year. Um, you know, and he's pitched a lot of innings. Uh, the first half, he had really good ride on his fastball. He was able to, I mean, he was 97-98, had good ride to it, good finish to it. He was throwing it through the catcher's mitt. Uh, in the second half, it did not seem to have that life on the fastball, and the arm speed wasn't there on the curveball either. It just kind of started to get a little loopy. Uh, just what didn't have that, that snap to it that it had in the first half. Um, you know, the first half, he looked like the K- Craig Kimbrell that was in Atlanta for all those years. And uh, he just didn't seem to have that in the second half. And it, it hurt the Phillies down the, in, down the road because, uh, obviously, there's some games that, you know, they could have used in the playoffs. I bring that up because I went, when, when we talked about it yesterday, before Brandon Hyde said he was here to be the primary closer, my thought was maybe you don't make him the closer. Like, maybe you make it more of a committee type of thing. And when you talk about that usage, it smells to me like, you know, maybe if you have back-to-backs, you don't use them back-to-back. Maybe there are you, you don't do five-inning saves as you would have uh, clearly with Felix Batista a year ago. Like, it, is that something that the Orioles are going to have to look at in usage? And would they be wise to maybe not use them as, like, a traditional type of closer or certainly anything like the way that they used Felix Batista a year ago? Well, I think it's it's definitely they they could kick the tires on. Um, you know, if you ask Craig Kimbrell, yes, he wants to be the closer. Right. He wants to be that ninth-inning guy. But the good thing about Craig Kimbrell is, I got to know him a little bit this year, he's a great guy. He's a team guy, and he'll do whatever they want him to do. Uh, back-to-back days, maybe they, they go a different route. But I know that he's going to want the ball in the ninth, and he obviously has that experience throughout the course of his career. Um, and he's going to take that ball whenever you, you offer it to him. Uh, but, you know, I think that they would be wise to, to maybe, you know, hey, you got the save yesterday, we're going to go a different route today if the, if the Orioles are in that position to do so. Um, you know, there's definitely some options there, and obviously, um, you know, I think it would be, be wise to err on the side of caution and the fact that throwing him back there uh, back-to-back days. It seems like, and Ben Davis is with us here on GCR, Phillies analyst and former catcher, it, it seems like you're kind of saying this, like, that he can still be helpful. There's no reason... I, were you at all surprised that he was still getting $13 million? Did you have any sort of like, yeah, you know, it's, that's, that's probably all right that the Phillies didn't decide to bring him back at that point? 
Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised at the number. Um, I was uh, yesterday. I was just doing a couple of errands, and it popped up on my phone. I said, "Wow, thirteen million! I'm not going to begrudge him that." I said, "Good for him. Hey, right. if, if you're going to give it to me, I'm going to take it." Obviously, uh, but that number did kind of stick out to me. He's like, "Wow, you know." Um, I guess if you look overall, you know, he was eight and six with a with a three two six ERA, which is pretty good. Um, you know, obviously that that's not close to what he had in the first half. Um, but yeah, I mean, if hey, it, I guess that shows you where we're at in the game of baseball at the major league levels. Yeah. You know, bullpen is is something that everyone's trying to get, and they thought at thirteen million they could get him. Well, they got him, and um, you know, hopefully, it works out for him and and the Orioles. It's good work if you can get it, Ben. Um, exactly. It's, it's a reminder that I got to have my eight year old go out and start trying to fire the ball a little bit more and see if we exactly. can build up some velocity. <laughs> Without a doubt. So, so to your point, um, you know, he did. It, he hurt a little bit for the Phillies in the playoffs. It, did you sense that it was all like age kept catching up to him? That he's just you can't ever be that guy again, or was that too much to try to read into that? Well, birth certificates don't lie, right? Yeah. And you know, I think it's. I think it was more so the workload. Than, than his age uh, kind of catching up to him. Maybe they go hand in hand. I don't know. Uh, but I think it's, it's, he was used an awful lot. Uh, the whole bullpen was used an awful lot. But, again, he just didn't have that same finish on his pitches. Um, you know, and the Phillies needed him down that road. They, you know, they lost the, the, what was it, games three and four with him on the mound um, you know, against the Diamondbacks out there in the desert. He just didn't seem to be that same guy. And it was kind of like, uh-oh, here we go again. And, um, you know, it's, it's something Rob Thompson still had a lot of faith in him that he could, you know, be the guy to close it on out. Um, but it unfortunately did not work out for him or the Phils. Yeah, it did not work out. We're hoping that's not the case here in Baltimore this year. We're hoping that things are going to be a little bit different. I, you know, saying that you got to know him a little bit and what he was willing to do for the team, I feel like that's still an important part of this. This is still a really young team, obviously, been in Baltimore the value of what Craig Kimbrell could do, could, could you sense there was an impact on, you know, it clearly is a bit more of a veteran team that you guys had in Philadelphia, but the impact that he could have on what is still a very young team here in Baltimore, can you make anything of that? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be great for the Orioles. You know, obviously you guys have some really key pieces, some, some cogs in a in machine that's going to be pretty productive for a lot of years. Um, I, I think he can wear off because, you know, I mentioned his character. I don't think there's anybody with, with more of a character than Craig Kimbrell. Um, he leads by example. He leads by, you know, what he says, and, and people follow him. I mean, guy works his tail off, and I think that's something that the, his teammates are going to witness first day in spring training. Um, you know, I think it can wear off, and I think it can leave a lasting impression on a younger ball club because, um, because he is that guy. He's been, he's been there. He's done it for a lot of years now, and they're going to see that work ethic and how it's translated into the longevity that he's been able to sustain. And I, I think, um, you know, I think that can leave a lasting impression on a, on a younger ball club, especially the pitching staff. I mean, I think you look at Adley Rushman and how he's going to react to having Craig Kimbrell, um, you know, working with a veteran presence like that. And, um, you know, being obviously unbiased towards the catchers, but I think it's going to have an effect on him as well and how he can kind of relate to some of the pitchers and pitches that he's going to be calling back there. So um, I think from a, from a team aspect, it, it can only help the, the Baltimore Orioles. Ben, I, and I apologize. I don't even know if you work the series. What a series it was between the Orioles and Phillies up in Philly this year. And for some reason, uh, Felix Batista didn't get into the game. And trust me, we're totally over it and not thinking about it still to this day. But I, I don't know if you saw – have you been able to see a lot of Adley Rutschman? Have you gotten a sense for 
truly? Because I don't know that the numbers can define the way that we feel about Adley Rutschman in Baltimore. Have you gotten a sense for just how special he is and how much he's changed this organization? Well, I, I've tried to see about as much as him as I possibly can because he's a, such a special talent. Obviously, both sides of the plate, the way he handles the, uh, the pitching staff. Um, you guys have a, a keeper there uh, for a lot of years, and, um, you know, he, he is a, he's a game changer. And I think he's one of those guys, um, you know, I, I, we have four kids. Our youngest is nine years old, and, and he is in love with Ali Rushman. Really? I mean, just absolutely in love with him. Um, and, you know, I, I think he's one of those guys where, uh, hey, Dad, the Baltimore Orioles are coming into town. I got to go see him. Wow. I got to go see. Him. I think he's that type of player, and, I, and, and demands that type of, um, you know, uh, respect, uh, that kind of cachet, because he's he is really really good, and uh, he's going to be really good for a long time. And I think it's you know, you, he's such a likable kid, and that's the other thing. I mean, he's uh, you, you root for the kid. You, you can see how that he always has a smile on his face. I mean, look at the way the the first time he ever came out on the big league field, and he just looked around. And just taking it all in. That is something that's, it's, that's, that can't be taught. And I think that kind of translates to his teammates as well. And uh, you got a guy that, that's out there having fun playing the game, but fighting for, for everything out on the field. Um, you know, it, it goes a long way. It translates to his teammates, that's you, for sure. You know, it's funny because I, I was talking, I'm trying to remember who we were talking, I think it was Kyle Gibson we were talking to recently, speaking of uh, the Phillies. Like, and, and he, Another great guy. A great, oh my gosh, as a person, yeah, amazing. A, a, a ten and a half. And yes. I was talking to him about this team and, and what made it so special. And he brought up, it, it, talking to you, and I'm, I'm not trying to be disparaging, but primarily a backup catcher during your career, right? Mm-hmm. He, he brought up James McCann and said, do what James McCann, that Baltimore will feel the impact of James McCann for, for, you know, he said it will reverberate for years. And I wonder, as someone who was in that role for a long time, the importance of having a veteran, someone who knows what they're doing in that role. I, do we understand it? Can an average baseball fan really understand the importance of that second catcher on a team? No, I don't, I don't think that you can because, you know, obviously he's going to, he's going to catch 90% of the games. But, yeah, to have a guy that you can rely on maybe once a week, maybe once every 10 days, uh, knowing that he can be a team leader – He's going to not just be some slug back there that's back there, you know, catching the ball and throwing it back. He's going to have an impact on the ball club. Uh, I, I think it, you know, backup catchers, I think they're sometimes more prepared than the everyday guy because they know they have to stay on their toes. They know they have to catch the bullpens, keep their legs in shape, uh, keep their bat hot whenever they can, um, you know, get some extra reps in the batting cage. Uh, it's, it's all part of it because you never know when your number is going to be called. I look at Garrett Stubbs here in Philadelphia. Um, you, you know, some might say it's, he's got the best job in baseball because JT Romito catches seemingly 150 games a year. Um, but it goes a long way in the fact that, you know, they can be a team leader as well. Like he can pick uh, James, McCann, James McCann's brain and, and just say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble with this or I think this is working. Do you think we should keep doing this or, or eliminate something that certain aspect of a game or how you call a game? Uh, it goes a long way, and it you know it goes a long way, obviously, with the starting catcher, but it also goes a long way with the pitching staff. Um, the Orioles are still in the market for starting pitching. Uh, we were in- interested at the deadline in uh, Michael Lorenzen, who, as it turns out, might have been the only you know worse move than Jack Flaherty at the trade deadline. I- is there anything there? Like what what happened? With Michael Lorenzen in Philadelphia, and is there any reason for like a team like the Orioles to be interested in him as a free agent? 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I don't know as a starting pitcher. Um, you know, he's been a relief guy pretty much his entire career, although up until last year where, you know, he wanted to be a starter. He was that starter. He had a couple of decent starts for the Phils. Um, but it just seemed like, the again, you talk about the stuff. The stuff didn't seem to be there. I look at him as more of a one-inning, just-go-air-it-out type of guy, maybe maybe two innings um, out of the bullpen. But if he wants to be a starting pitcher, then, you know, I think there's there's going to be a market for him somewhere. Um, but I think it, you know, it, it's a tough division you guys are in, and uh, there's some very good ballparks to hit in. Yeah. And obviously the talent is uh, is, yeah. is top-notch, and it's only gotten better now with the Yankees yeah. getting Soto and, you know, up and down. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it's a tough division to pitch in, again, with the ballparks but um, and, and obviously the talent. But I think that, you know, I, I look at Lorenzen as more of a, as a bullpen piece than, than as a starting pitcher. Could still end up with the Otani in Toronto, too, man. It's a lot of fun to be in the AL East. Unbelievable. A lot of, a lot of fun, <laughs> yeah, that's, I can't believe that, that, you know, they're still debating that. I, I, I really thought he, he would have been signed, sealed, and delivered with the Dodgers by now. But uh, who am I to say where he where he ends up? At me, maybe Toronto is a landing spot for, I, I, for yeah. uh, the, the unicorn. I'm very much in a still I'll believe it when I see it type of thing with Toronto. But yeah, I mean, what it would be it would be bonkers if that were the case. Yeah, ben absolutely. Davis, really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Enjoy your holidays. We'd love to catch up again down the road. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Ben Davis, Phillies color analyst, former catcher. Appreciate him hopping on with us. And yeah, I mean, I appreciate some of the things that he's saying about Craig Kimbrell. I think that they fortify kind of where I am. I, and, I, and I'm not going to react too strongly to the Orioles announcing him as the primary st- closer because I do think that that's fluid, and I thought it was important that Ben Davis said, look, his temperament, you know, this isn't Jonathan Papelbon we're talking about, right, where you you tell him something and he'll fly off the handle and he won't be able to handle it. Um, you tell Craig Kimbrell that he's going to be, you know, closing the day, but he might pitch in the seventh inning tomorrow, or, you know, moving forward. He'll he'll take that role and he'll handle it well. I, I would not be shutting the door on, like, if, if I were making a phone call yesterday, I'd be calling D.L. Hall and saying, hey, man, I want you to still be preparing like you're going to be that guy because you're going to be a leverage reliever and... To the point about the usage of Craig Kimbrell, you know, maybe you look at maybe you look at matchups. And maybe there's a game where you go to Yanir Cano in the eighth inning and it's all good. And then you just happen to look at what's lined up for the ninth inning and you see that there's a couple of lefties, and you say, It's gonna be DL Hall's day today. And that way, Craig Kimbrell could be involved tomorrow. I just think that you got to use him in a different way. And I think you still need to identify someone else who's also going to be a closer for you. And I think D.L. Hall is still a very important factor here. Tyler Wells remains a wild card. We'll see how that plays out. But I just... Calling him the closer, fine. Treating him like Felix Batista, no. No. Not that. Something. Maybe the first guy that gets closer opportunities. But 
I, I'm not making plans around that being the guy. Go ahead, Griffin. You can. I, I mean, I want. I, I would like to see them go get another starter. I, I guess it doesn't have to necessarily be a top of the line starter, but I think Tyler Wells would be so I, so good at the at, in the bullpen. We've, we've, if, wherever wherever it is, we've talked about it a lot. I'm not as you know. It it's hard to ignore the fact that he did pitch really well a year ago. Right. And, maybe, uh, and, I, and I get there's the one mitigating factor, which is the home runs, right? Which, again, then makes you think, why are we so committed to a guy being in the back end of the bullpen that has yeah. a propensity for giving <laughs> up home runs? Why, how does that make sense? But you can't ignore that, and I don't think the Orioles should ignore that. I think we're all frustrated by how long it took the Orioles to commit to D.L. Hall as a reliever, and they still like won't just commit to D.L. Hall as a reliever. But I think we all have to acknowledge what part of that is. It's that part of that is D.L. Hall didn't want to commit to being a reliever. You know, it's interesting talking to Zach Britton about it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Zach Britton really had to kind of bottom out in order to buy into Brady Anderson saying, dude, that you've got a path moving forward. You got a pitch, throw that pitch. Would it be what if they were to use Tyler Wells as a starter through, like, June into July, and then they're like, all right, now let's make him a back-end reliever and, you know, go one inning at a time the rest of the way. Like, that doesn't uh, – I guess that's really – It's tough, right? No like, one's ever really done that. It's 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 tough. <laughs> Does he have to go deload? Do yeah. you have to do that whole thing? Um, I, I'm not – I'm and, not opposed to it. I, I'm not opposed – I, I guess here's what I would say. I would like for you to go into the season with two more starting pitchers and not having Tyler Wells in your rotation. I would like for Tyler Wells to sort of be a swing arm. I'd like for you to have three arms you're confident at the back end of the bullpen. Hall, Kimbrell, Cano. You're very confident. And I know we'd all say, very? we Very confident? And then I'd like you to have the ability for Tyler Wells to sort of be a swing arm that you could use in a variety of different ways. That would be an ideal scenario to have play out. I'm not opposed to him being a back end of the bullpen guy. I'm not. Like I, that might to me, it might ultimately be the best way to use him. But are you going to have enough starting pitching to do that? I guess my question would be, if they don't acquire any starting pitchers. He kind of has to be a starter, right? Like, it kind of has to be those three guys, Kramer and Wells, right? That are your five. If they acquire one, I guess you'd prefer... I'm still torn on whether you'd prefer Kramer to Wells, right? Like, we can't ignore that we saw more from Wells in a small sample size than we did from Kramer for the season. But I get it, Kramer's got that kind of bulldog mentality and he made some really big starts and you're not inclined to kick him out of the rotation as much as you just don't want to do better right. in the rotation. So it probably would be that if you acquire one starter, then Kramer's your fifth guy still and you do bump Wells to the bullpen at that point. I'd like to have two. <laughs> Me being all selfish over here. I don't know that Michael Lorenzen is going to be that guy. Yeah. I think I might pass on all that. All right, uh, Griffin, you want to remind everybody what's about what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? Over at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, if luck wasn't on your side at a recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook, 
you can get ready to turn those losses into winning opportunities with the Second Chance to Win promotion because between now and January 4th, 2024, all live casino and hotel Maryland rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the Second Chance to Win drum and then two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen with prizes ranging from live casino and hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour, plus cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondo Mills must be 21 to play. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. When we come back in, we are going to... Or maybe we do it now? Yeah, do it now. All right. Let's just do it now, right? We'll continue along here on a Thursday edition of GCR. Had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule with travel, but an opportunity to catch up with Max Starks before he calls Ravens Rams for ESPN Radio. Of course, coming up on Sunday, Ravens-Rams here in Baltimore. Our next guest is going to be on the call for ESPN Radio for the game. He is a former offensive lineman for I man I I don't know some team that used to I don't I don't I, you know I've totally blanked on who that team might have been that he played for. He's Max Starks and he is with us here on GCR. Max, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. No problem, Glenn. In case you were wondering, yes, it is those Pittsburgh Steelers. No, uh, but no, I, we don't a, use a, those words around here. A different era. A different era. <laughs> it was a hell of an Steelers. era. Yeah, yeah. We we had the golden era for this rivalry um, in the early 2000s and played at it at a high level, and it was intense, right? It was back and forth. One dominates one year, the other dominates the next year, then we split, and then, you know, all's happy in the universe, and you know, it was it was a it was a good time. It was a good, respectable rivalry. So, looking forward to yeah, to heading to Baltimore on Sunday and calling that uh, Rams Rams Ravens. I I hear you saying all those things, Max. But I warn you, like old habits die hard. When people see you around here, they might just be inclined to boo the moment that you walk into the building. I just I, I look. We'll be we'll be nice about it. I, I promise. Well, I can't promise. I I'm gonna hope there's gonna be like no throwing of anything. I just hope you know old habits do die hard around these parts. Listen, listen, everything can be buried with everything can be can be mended with a good crab cake. Though. Hey, That's man, what I learned. that is uh, that is one of the best things that uh, we have to offer. There's no doubt about it. Max, it's funny you bring up defense, right? Because as we start with the Ravens, the the defense has been phenomenal this season. It's been unbelievable, frankly, and I think better than even we expected it to be for this team this year. Um, I, I wonder as you look at what the Ravens are capable of. We know that this season uniquely has not been like the shootout style of football that maybe we have seen in other NFL seasons recently. Do you look at what the Ravens can do defensively? And again, not being as <clears throat> not being like maybe a certain team in Pittsburgh offensively and say that's the recipe. Like that it, maybe it doesn't look as sexy as some of the offenses we've seen in recent years, but that might be the right recipe of defense that travels and offense that's capable. Well, no, I, I think I think it can be good enough. I mean, you look at the AFC picture, and it is, you know, it, it is a blender right now. You know, it's it's throw all sixteen teams in there, and let's blend it up, and let's see what we pour out on the other side. Um, you know, teams are cannibalizing themselves. Good teams, you know, are struggling to find wins. Bad teams, you know, somehow win in the moment, and then you know you have everything in between that. And so I think. That that what the Ravens have, and you're looking at it, you know, you're only giving up right around 15, a little better than 15 points a game. You're holding your opponents to under 275 total yards 
of defense, and I think that's good enough when you couple it with an offense that puts up well over 360 yards and, you know, average 27 points a game. That's a recipe for success. Because at the end of the day, the only metric that matters, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is I end that game with one more point than my yeah. opponent. Yeah, that's, that's what I hear. That's what matters. It, it, yeah. Max, Max Starks is with it, us here. It, it is, here. but it's not college football, right? You yeah. know, which the, even that is not good enough sometimes. <laughs> Who could you be referring to? Um, Max, I, I, when you say that, I guess what maybe might concern people here is the possibility that maybe there still is just like a little something missing cohesively offensively. That like there we know that this is a good offense and maybe an offense that has um, at times been outstanding. We think of course of the Detroit game and the Seattle game. But in other times, like in that Chargers game, it, it kind of just went quiet. It, it, are you worried at all about this offense without their best, you know, pass catcher in Mark Andrews moving forward? of looking at the gauntlet that they have to face, really starting with the Rams on Sunday and through to the playoffs? Well, I mean, I I think, you know, for every team, you know, December reveals character. It doesn't build it, okay? So, you know, how you you divvy up the responsibility, right, is it more of Zay Flowers? You know, you you don't have necessarily the marquee running back, but do you need that guy when you have Lamar back there, right? Because Gus Edwards has shown a propensity to be a quality running back for you and do and do the dirty work. And I think that's kind of where I look at it. You know, this time of year, everybody's hurt, right? I mean, nobody can say, oh, we're toting everything that we had week one. And so that attrition takes over. But, you know, another man's disappointment can be another man's, you know, surprise. And I say that with meaning, you know, can you see what, other participants on your team have to offer, you know, could we see more from Odell Beckham Jr.? Or do you have, you know, you know, for Lamar, is it, is it being more creative with some of the quarterback run stuff? You know, the one thing I'll always wonder and always look to see is how healthy Lamar is. And right now he looks pretty darn healthy than, you know, better than the last number of years that he, that he's been around this time of year. And we're not even talking about Lamar being, on the field, you know, I think about this in my three years that I've worked, um, you know, the Steelers as a sideline reporter, mm-hmm. I've only, I've only seen Lamar two times in three years. It's insane, isn't it? It's insane to think about that, but you've ha- you have them this year. And like you said, you look at the record and yes, there, there, there are some moments on there, right? You know, you go back to the Browns game and how disappointing that one was to be a two point loss in that one. You know, the Steelers game early, and then, of course, the Colts, right, to go into overtime and lose that one. But when you look at kind of where they've been, you know, consistently outside of those couple of aberrations, you're talking about a consistent performer putting up points. And, yeah, the Chargers game was a bit tough, you know, on that primetime night game. But I also say that well, even the best of teams have, have gone through that. I mean, let, let's look at the best, who do we consider the top team in the NFL, you know, is it the Philadelphia Eagles don't look that good, and it's only been a year removed for that squad. San Francisco looks good, but remember, they had a three-game losing streak earlier this year. Yep. You know, and so nobody here really has any bugaboos. You look at Dallas. Dallas they lost beaten to the anybody. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, <laughs> right? right. And they haven't beaten anybody with a winning record. So I think when you look at that and being in that mix where where, where the Ravens are and coming off of a bye where you – 
you can get some guys a little bit healthier. It, it, it came a little late, but I think it came at the right time. We were talking about making this push in December to be ready for what January is. And it, you have a solid run game, and you have a good passing attack. Not a great one, but you have a good one. And I think that's enough when you pair it with the defense, which I'm not going to call it the no-name defense, but when you look at the guys in there, it's not like, you know, the early 2000s where you're like, oh, my God, you know, we we had Michael Bolware, we had, you know, we – Terrell Suggs, regular. It's not that type of name brand, but you do have a Roquan Smith and a Patrick Queen who literally look like the, like like they are competing with each other for the stat sheets. Like they have $20 bet on this game when they get into the locker room about whose stats were better. And they have a defensive line that's doing some things. You know, Matabuke is doing a, is doing a solid unbelievable. job. And of course, pick, and of course, picking up Jadavion Clowney and him looking like Jadavion Clowney back when he was actually healthy with the Texans, not the one that showed up in Cleveland yeah. you know, in the yeah. last couple of years. So, I mean, I think it is good enough, and what they have to do is just continue to build upon that. And, yes, this gauntlet that you're about to go through in December um, is going to be a little – it's going to be tough. It's going to be a real revealer of the character, but that's what you want. If you want to be a, considered a quality team, you have to go through these games. And looking at Jacksonville, you might not even get a tough Jacksonville squad because C.J. Bessard might still be the starting quarterback by the time you see him. And then, of course, San Francisco, that's going to be a rough one. You're going out there to them prime time. That'll be a good barometer to see where you stand in the whole entire NFL picture. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't hurt you in the AFC picture. And then, of course, the Dolphins, that's going to be battling for number one seed, right? You know, who wants to be the home team at that point of the year? They're, of course, finishing up with Pittsburgh, which is always a tough battle. So, I mean, I look at it, and, yeah, there's some challenges in there, but nothing that this team can't already weather through and and also hope to continue to build on as a squad and allow that to reveal character. Max Starks is with us. He'll, of course, be on the call for ESPN Radio Sunday for Ravens-Rams. Uh, one more about the Ravens, Max, and that's I, – I don't I admit, I don't know how much you've been able to watch because, as you point out, you're doing Steelers games and – you know, other games, you got to be paying attention to everybody and the roles that you have. The one kind of maybe surprising issue this season has been the play of Ronnie Stanley. And, you know, he's been through a lot injury-wise. And, you know, just having him on the field was a good thing. But he's really struggled, obviously really struggled against Khalil Mack. And I get it, Khalil Mack's really good. Badly struggled against uh, Miles Garrett, who, again, is otherworldly. You brought up something a second ago in both Lamar's health, but also... Thinking about the, the the late buy, and are you inclined to say, hey, I, I'm not going to read too much into that because you get somebody a little bit of rest. This is Ron, someone, the player, the caliber of Ronnie Stanley that we're talking about. Maybe just a little bit of rest is exactly what he needs, given everything he's been through injury-wise, in order to get back to the level that we expect from him. Yeah, I, I think we, we, we've been waiting for him to come back. And listen, I'm a Ronnie Stanley fan, watched him in Notre Dame, and loved you know, how he started out his career. And, yeah, injuries have been an issue over the last couple of years. But also being a guy who's gone through that and been in that position that Ronnie Stanley's been in, I know that you can you can benefit from it and you can overcome it. You know, I remember having an 11-month layoff from, uh, from neck surgery, you know, literally breaking my neck um, in a previous season and then coming back the following year, almost a year to the date, and – you know, there is that uncertainty. There is that fatigue because you have to get back into that mode. But I think rest really does a lot of guys good. And I think for Ronnie, you know, he's still out there. He's battling. He's not complaining. But, you know, you want to get just that break where you can kind of do the body assessment, allow yourself to heal your body because 
listen, nobody is healthy. You know, the healthiest you are is when you show up to training camp, right, in July. That's the last time you could say, you know what, I am at 100%. I'm at the best I'm going to feel no doubt. until next June. So, you know, I know that, you know, older guys are going to wear down a little bit more, but I think the week off will be really good. And like you said, you're getting a, a team in the Rams where they're starting to play really good, and they got some great mid-level guys. Now, you will have an Aaron Donald on a twist or two, but for the most part, this will be your get-right moment, I think, for Ronnie Stanley to really see where he's at and to see if he can actually hold the point and be a guy who can not be a liability for you to where you have to stack a tight end and kind of force things in his way or send Patrick Ricard off the edge as a chip blocker um, to help him in pass position. I think this will be a good test for Ronnie Stanley, but I believe he can bounce back from it and he could be better because of it. Post-Super Bowl, it feels like there has been a bit of a dismissal of the Rams, but it seems like, Max, so much of it has been about health, right? They didn't have Matt Stafford on the field a year ago, and then I saw this tweet from um, your ESPN colleague, Jeremy Fowler, who said the Rams in the last three games with Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, and Puka Nakua all in the lineup together are averaging 33 points per game, 412.7 yards per game, and they have a 3-0 and record. How dangerous is a Rams team with the top end of their roster at the moment being fully healthy coming to Baltimore? You know, it, 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 is, it is dangerous because, listen, this, this will be my third time seeing the Rams this season. And I also watched that dreadful Brett Ripping game in, in, in yes. uh, Green Bay. So I feel like I deserve like a Purple Heart for that game. <laughs> that, was, that was not NFL football. Combat was, pay, I don't right? Know, I don't yeah. Even know if that was, SDS football. Um, but, you know, looking at how they are, I mean, Puka Nakua, as a rookie receiver, I mean, he is just absolutely nuts. And what they ask him to do is he is the move guy. He's the motion guy. He's also the safety dig-out guy. Um, so he's not just a guy that sits out there, hey, give me an ISO, and I'm going to run a streak route, and I'm just going to beat you. No, no, this is the guy that's catching the shallow crosser across the middle in traffic, making combat catches, and then for some reason does a spin move and he's out and, and a five-yard gain becomes a 25-yard gain. Like, it, it's very uncanny. So he's a guy that you're going to have to watch and that you're going to have to keep, you know, your, 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 your top flight guys on him. And if you're going to go zone, you need to make sure the brackets are, are, are secure, that they're not leaking or nobody's switching off in the zone. And then when you're doing that, you know, Cooper Cup is now a problem. Cooper Cup becomes the guy who he has been over the years when you're talking about an NFL MVP, Super Bowl, I'm sorry, Super Bowl MVP type. It, it's it's one of those things. I look at Cooper, and Cooper is he, he's an integral part. He is a safety blanket for Matthew Stafford, but at the same time, like a lot of their schematics and their offensive line, like you can get to them. But I think teams kind of take the pedal off, uh, you know, off of the gas when you're going to blitz him because Matt Stafford still is susceptible to the blitz. He's old. You hit him. You hit him frequently, you hit him often, and you don't get scared about dropping in the zone, and you still keep that guy in the blitz game. You know, if I, if I said Roquan Smith or Patrick Queen at him, uh, you know, four or five times in the first quarter, and they hit him half of the time, he's going to remember that for the next three quarters. Hmm. And even if you're not going to send him, that's the message you want to send because he is a guy who does get susceptible. He does hear the ghost. He does feel the footsteps at times. And so if you can give some of those motions – and take away really that middle of the field with dropping in some more Tampa two stuff. So, you know, it's a spot drop is it's some of the double mug stuff that the Ravens like to do and drop one of those guys into the middle of the field. 
where you think it's a quick crosser or a two-step slant, and then boom, you got your linebackers there. You have a safety sitting in that in that hole and taking away the seam and the curl flat area. Those are the things that I think when you look at the Ravens, they have the capability to do it, but it's also having the stomach to, to go through doing that because there is a nervousness, right, when you see two really good receivers out there. Like you said, Kyron Williams is running the ball really well, but I, I still don't think this offensive line is exceptional that's in front of Matt. Matt Stafford, so I think there is some holes that they can take advantage of. All right, two quick hitters before I let you go. The first, who to you is the team to beat in the AFC, Max? You, see, I, I, right now, I would say I'd say it's Baltimore still. Okay. Because Miami, I don't know if I trust them above the Mason-Dixon line, yeah. and they haven't shown me enough to be able to just, oh, my gosh, i got to do that. And I know where their standing is. And also Kansas City. Kansas City has some offensive problems they got to figure out. So I would say when you're talking about consistent, most complete team-wise right now, it is the Baltimore Ravens. And then Kenny Pickett, the reports are that he could be back for the regular season finale against the Ravens. But I think the question is, can the Steelers keep things interesting enough to make that game matter for them if he could come back? Well, I, I think, you know, you look at the stretch in the games that we have coming up, and if Mr. Bisky's going to be at the helm, you know, for four, and assuming the fifth one's going to be there against the Ravens, you have to be able to go two and two a starter. That's the only way I think. Because I think the rest of this league cannibalizes, and with everybody being so close together in that, in that wild card and in the hunt range. I mean, when you think about it, only one team's been statistically ruled out of the playoffs, out of the entire NFL. So we still have 31 viable teams that are still in the hunt for the playoffs. So I think if you're the Steelers and you know you're sitting at that five seat, you have to be able to split over the next four weeks. Uh, from a betting standpoint, we also want to know tonight, is there a chance that this game, any chance at all that they finish more than 30 points between these two teams? Uh, no, I'm going under. Yeah, going we under. are together. If, if, I were, if, I, if, if, I, if I were a betting man. <laughs> but, uh, I would, I, I'm not betting. I can tell you this. I get it. I don't trust the, I don't trust the New England Patriots. I don't know how much longer Bill Belichick is going to yeah, be the rough, head coach right. there. At MaxStark78 on Twitter is how you follow him again Sunday for Ravens-Rams on ESPN Radio. Max, really enjoyed this, man, despite the fact that you have Pittsburgh Steeler in your blood. Really enjoyed this. Appreciate you taking the time for us and look forward to seeing you in town on Sunday. It's always good as long as it's not Steeler-Ravens week, you know? That's Max Starks as he gets ready for uh, Ravens Steelers. or Sorry, not Ravens. I'm thinking about the Steelers now. Ravens-Rams on ESPN Radio on Sunday. Um, says the Ravens are the most complete team in the AFC at the moment. And, I, again, we're reluctant to accept that, but I think he might be right about that. Um, need to see a little bit more of the offense without Mark Andrews to feel uber confident in it, but I think he might be right in that analysis. All right, uh, Tyus Bowser Show returns on Tuesday night. We will be at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane can't wait to be there. Uh, not as big of a place as some of the other locations where we do the Tyus Bowser show, so I would encourage you, get there early for the Tyus Bowser show on Tuesday night. It's a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It is brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We'll see you Tuesday night at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane in Roland Park for the next Tyus Bowser show. When we come back in, we're going to preview Army-Navy on Saturday with former Ravens offensive coordinator Rick Neuheisel. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors. Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. 
Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? Never forget that with Superbook Sports, you use the code GlennClark23, and when you sign up, you will receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. And Griffin is willing to put his life on the line behind the under in Steelers Patriots tonight. Craig, you said that's what you're willing to do. What what what, what are you putting? I want you to do something fun with this. The under? Yeah. Um, I want you to put something at stake. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just something silly. Like like uh I don't know. What, what, what did you do tomorrow? I know. Yeah, we have you? Since it's I'm taking the under, I, if the under doesn't hit, I wear my underpants. You do tomorrow's show in your underwear? Actually, you know what? That could be good on both sides, right? Like That could work out in both ways. Maybe we'll find out that we have great ratings tomorrow when you do your show in your underpants. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> maybe, I guess. maybe this is a big day. Maybe uh, tomorrow's the day that uh, old Dixie's uh, checking yep, really, out. That'll be the day she tuned maybe in. Maybe that's uh, the day that she said, hey. Wait a minute. Well, that's just fine. You didn't hit a bet, I'll, but. I'll, I think I'll have me some of that. <laughs> I'd like to order that on the menu. Would you do the, you'll do the show in your underpants. I mean, what I'm like wearing them on the outside, or no? I would say in, you do the show in your underwear. I oh, come I on. Mean, I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, like we haven't done worse things right, right. on this show. Do I mean, yeah, sure, I guess. I mean, if you really and wanted just, to do boxers and a wife beater, I'd let, I'd allow that. I think it'd be better if you just did it like you like know, I'm wearing like my sweatshirt like normal and just. No, and, I think you boxers. should do it fully shirtless. Oh. I think you should do tarps off, man. Like it's I think you here. should. It's cold outside. Well, we can. It gets warm in this room, though. Yeah. It gets warm. We can close the door. We can do the whole thing. I did a naked photo shoot. It's a thing that happened. That's a legit straight shoot so right j- here. Just cause. So then, so if the so then if the under hits, do you have to do something? Or? No, because I'm not betting against it. This is fun because you've been on the primetime unders all year. This is a, you know, I, what what would I what would I do for you? Um, um, no, because I think the under is gonna hit too. <laughs> So I don't like. Yeah, well, I don't, why, why do I have to risk everything? Because you're the you're the prime time under guy. Yeah, but you're Mister Prime Time Under. I got, I got answers for and it. And this is if the, the eternal. If it loses. Wait, wait, wait. This is the eternal. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Because we're doing sport Superbook right now. Don't. Oh. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Don't get anything. I think because this is the ultimate prime time under. You should be willing to. I mean, to step up to the plate. I I I I, I bet the uh, Iowa Nebraska under. Yeah, how'd the, that work out for it, you? It went under. So when the over was so twenty-five, so, went to nine, so if so the under doesn't hit, you do your show in your do the show in your underwear. Fine. Yeah, that's Fine. my guy. That's my guy. I want to make it abundantly clear: you agreed to do this. You were not coerced. <laughs> you were not forced. I want to just. I need you to send the microphone. You were not forced to do this. I gotta make a phone call. Hold on. It sounds like you're trying to set up a lawsuit down fine. the road. Yes, I, I don't want to hear fine. I agree. You were not forced to do this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a very loose. Yeah. <laughs> very loose. So that's the deal. That's how strongly Griffin Should feels. Should I do it on camera? Like, I take my pants off. It's all ceremonious. I think that would be the appropriate thing to do, right? It'll be. Do we maybe do it Monday since it'll almost be weird with staying here? Maybe. Maybe we wait. Maybe we do it Monday. 
if the under doesn't hit, Griffin does this, this show in his underpants on Monday. But again, Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app, and if you bet on uh, the under tonight in the uh, Steelers-Patriots game and it hits, you still get up to $250 in those free bets. But if it misses, you definitely get it's It's win or lose when it comes to making your first bet with Superbook. Use that code GlennClark23 when you sign up. Speaking of uh, games with low totals, of course, Army-Navy coming up on Saturday up in Foxborough. And this man, part of CBS's college football coverage all season long, you will be seeing him before and after Saturday's game. He is former Ravens offensive coordinator and our friend Mr. Rick Neuheisel, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. It's my pleasure, especially to talk about uh, America's game. Nothing like it. So uh, you much know, fun to be a part of. I, I haven't done Radio Row in a few years, but I remember I did a few with you, and, and you came over and did the show. I wonder everything you've done in your life. And, like, you've experienced everything, college, pro, the whole deal. What? Getting canned. Yeah, yeah I've right. done it all. <laughs> <laughs> having, to, having to put up with Brian screaming at you all the time. Like, you've done everything. What? What? Uh, where? I've had some great bill. I've had some great billick moments. I I feel I've like you told. Great. I feel like you told me a story once. I can't remember what it was, but it was one of my favorite Brian Billick stories that I've ever heard in my life. The one that you told me, and I got to think of what it was. Um, but what it is? Was in, I think it was in Jacksonville when we were playing, and the guy was uh, out of bounds. Our our receiver out of bounds, and Brian thought he was in, and just unloaded on the official. I mean, unloaded. <laughs> And gave him, you know, I'm like, like, like Moses coming, coming down <laughs> from the mountains, from the mountains just, just, just decreed this awful curse upon this official. And the official threw a flag, you know, expletive, expletive after expletive. Uh, and the official threw a flag. And then Brian goes, what? Right. What, what, what did, did I, I do? do? What did I do? And I'm looking at him like, really? Right. You're you you are asking this official what you just did? Right. And he looked at me and goes, What? And I said, Brian, <laughs> you just unloaded on the guy like it was no tomorrow. Like you were speaking I really? in tongues. <laughs> yes, yes, you really did that. But uh, the great Brian Billick was wonderful to be around. Uh of course everyone remembers the famous scene of Ralphie's father in a Christmas story unloading on the uh the <laughs> furnace downstairs. That was Brian Billick to the official in Jackson. <laughs> Um, but everything you've done in your life, what what is it, you know, this is over a decade now that you've been involved with Army-Navy and doing this every year. What has it meant to you to be around this game and be a part of the festivities the week of this game uh, annually? I look forward to this uh, like nothing else. And I tell my friends, I said, if you ever get a chance to do this, you need to do it. And I'll try to get you down on the field so you can get close to this action because it's, it's so unique. First of all, I was down on the field for the SEC championship game last week with Georgia and Alabama, and that's a different, that's a different caliber of athletes, a different caliber of, of competition, and it's wonderful, and we celebrate it as we uh, revere college football. But this, this America's game and this standalone weekend is so unique because of what these kids are going to do after the game. These kids have all decided that, you know what, I want to – defend the freedoms that we all kind of take for granted. I want to be on a team that goes across, you know, into harm's way at times and, and puts it all on the line just so that we can have this way of life. 
uh, that to me is a unique individual. And when you see these kids and they're kids, I mean, you, you see their fresh faces in this, their eyes full of hope and all that kind of stuff. You're like, man, that is a patriot and then some. Uh, and so for that, I am so thankful to get to be a part of it and to be close to it. And I feel the best about my citizenship in this country and the whole enterprise uh, on that particular day. I, it's I, it's uh, the 4th of July and then some for me. Uh, Coach, I couldn't possibly remember who said it first, but the first time I remember being at a game and hearing the, you know, it's the only game where everybody on the field is willing to die for everybody that's watching. And I'm just like, I, dude, there's that does something to you. It hits you in a way. And every year I do it, I end up admittedly getting emotional. I, I, in fact, the USAA was kind enough to invite my wife to come with me one year, and she's like sitting there like, oh, my God, I get it now. You know, like I, it, there is just something about being there and feeling it that is unlike anything else you could possibly do in sports. Coach, you there? No, I think we lost Rick Neuheisel. We'll try to get him back. He's the best. We want to keep talking with him. Rick Neuheisel joining us here. Yeah, Army-Navy coming up uh, Saturday. This year's game in Foxborough. Next year it's back in Landover. So uh, anybody who has not done an Army-Navy game, and obviously there have been plenty of opportunities between Baltimore and Philadelphia over the years, but uh, next year a little bit closer is the game. Uh, we'll be back at uh, <laughs> FedEx Field. Not the most pleasant place to see a game, but, you know, at least it's – somewhat nearby you wouldn't have to hop on a plane in order to get there uh if you want to be there for it um but yeah this saturday three o'clock on uh, cbs for army navy as uh, navy tries to finish the season six and six on the year well welcome back in coach rick Newheisel. um uh, coach let me let me get into it a little bit if i could this year I, I is there any reason for us to expect basically the same thing as what we've seen in army navy games of late low scoring close football game on saturday I think we got it. Yep, treated to these these offenses have not been uh, overly explosive. I know Jeff Monk and for Army wanted to do some different things and got into some shotgun and so forth. But if you watch their game against Coastal Carolina, the last time out, they were back doing what they've done for years and years. Both both teams are you know emanate from the Paul Johnson triple option, and uh, so they know each other eminently well. They know how to defend it because they play against themselves all the time. So. Uh, in terms of the eye discipline necessary to, to stop triple option, uh, this is going to be the game. So 17-13, 13-10, yeah, it's going to be right there again. Are you expect? you know, the, the Navy story is so interesting for us because we have not, like over the years, I, don't, I think everybody remembers the fun of Malcolm Perry and Keenan Reynolds and players like that. And I don't oh, know yeah. that the casual observer has recognized how good Navy's defense has been over the last couple of seasons with Brian Newberry arriving, obviously being elevated to head coach. But, I, you know, it doesn't look great coming off an SMU game in which they, you know, gave up 59 points. But we know that that SMU team, before they lost their quarterback, was really, really good and really capable. How impressed have you been with what Brian Newberry has done with this Navy defense? Well, I thought he was terrific when he came. He's been the defensive coordinator there the last four seasons, and now he takes on the head coaching role as well. So, and he just moved his linebacker coach to the coordinator. So the defense is the same. It, it's very, very stout, very, very uh, uh, gifted in terms of run stopping. They, they give up like 122 yards a game, uh, which is really, really stellar run defense. 
you juxtapose that with the Army. Army gives up 180. But last year, Army was 122nd in defense, and then still it was 10-10 after regulation right. a year ago. Right. So they just know each other. And, and because of it, it's going to take a couple of little nuances. And, you know, you're going to be seeing a lot of fourth down conversion attempts in fourth and short. Uh, it's, it's a remarkable game, and obviously the goal is to sing second. Coach, one of the things that jumps out at me is there's an opportunity here for Navy. It's very shameful to me that like the bowl games can't maybe wait a minute, or we can't agree that perhaps they five. Oh, and- they, they, I so agree. Oh. The, the, you know, Minnesota, Minnesota is in the Quick Lane Bowl, yeah. uh, and as a five and seven team, this the winner of this game should have been that that team. Fact. I, the I winner would- of this game should have been that team, and I cannot believe that they didn't do that. I, 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 I mean. They would have given some special dispensation to, to Army because the two of their wins are against FCS opponents. Right. But, but that, it's about time we gave special dispensation to Army that, and Navy and things of that. Coach! I, I don't understand that. You, you and I are singing the same song. I, and I, it's such a small thing that like, it's not really worth me screaming about all that much on the radio, but I brought it up a couple times this week. I would go even a step further that even if you're looking at a 5-7 and seven team, I, with all due respect to academic progress, I'm not trying to pretend like that doesn't matter, it isn't relevant. How can we not maybe say, hey, perhaps the schools where the players are willing to die for their country are the teams that should get a little bit beneficial treatment if we have to pick between five and seven teams that get into a bowl game? Like, instead of even having to wait, maybe we go ahead and say, hey, even if this team were to finish five and seven, we let them have a spot in the bowl game because, my God, we should show a little bit of respect to these young men. The APR is how they do that, which is academic progress rates. We cannot find better academic uh, models later. Can't find them. So I'm 100% in agreement with you. Uh, it should have been the winner of the game is in the bowl. Yeah. And uh, I'm disappointed we didn't come to that conclusion. But, you know, these guys and uh, men and women of, the, of, the, of these academies are used to uh, yeah, dealing with hardship, yeah. dealing with uh, disappointment, and they're going to put on a show regardless. So, this, this game and the, and the CIC trophy on the line for Army yep is uh, hugely meaningful. So uh, this is going to be a, a whale of a contest, just like the 123 games before have been. I, I ask all of that to say, Coach, um, what would it mean for Brian Newberry to get to 6-6? Six and six? Like, if, if he could get to 6-6, six and six, and it's such a tough thing because everybody loves Coach Ken, right? Like, it's one of the most painful things that I've dealt with. Kenny Amadolo is one of the finest human beings I've ever come across in my life. I have undying affection for that man. Um, but I respect Brian Newberry, and I know how, how much reverence he has for Ken and, and how uncomfortable that was for him. But what would it mean for him to finish 6-6, six and six, beat Army, to, to show that there's stability with Navy football? I think he's realized over the course of this week, now taking on the head coaching role and all the things that uh, are on the plate as to the magnitude of the attention on this game. Uh, across the country and really across across the globe where men and women of the armed services are all focused on, uh, you know, Gillette stadium on this Saturday. So I think he's uh, well aware of, of the stakes uh, at play here, even more so than he was as a defensive coordinator. And this would be, uh, you know, while it's a changing of the guards already taken place, 
he now will step into a place with a victory of, uh, of prominence where he'll be revered by all those folks that uh, call this game the most important game uh, on any calendar. Uh, two things, if I could, before I let you go, Coach, and really appreciate the time. Uh, your thoughts on the proposal from the NCAA this week. I'm sure you'd say, hey, Glenn, I, I do a three-hour radio show, and I've been talking about that, but um, is there a thumbnail version of what you think it means for the future of college football, for the future of college athletics? You broke up a little there. Are you uh, asking about the, the yeah. decision on the four-team playoff? No, the proposal from uh, Charlie Baker about sort of separating uh, the top level of... of oh, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I see that as a step in the right direction. I mean, we This is an unsustainable model we have now with uh, the idea that we're going to pay players, and that's exactly what we're doing. It, you can call it name, image, and likeness, but this is pay-per-play. The idea that we're going to pay players with booster money uh, we've been doing for years and we called it under the table and dirty, but now we're doing it and actively seeking it out, but we're doing it from boosters. So basically those with rich alums are going to go to the head of the class as opposed to those who have, uh, you know, great educational opportunities for people and such. So I think what we have to do is realize like all professional sports leagues, you're going to have to share television revenue with the labor. And uh, we have a, incredibly popular game it makes 3.5 billion dollars currently uh and could easily make 7 billion if we just went to the marketplace as one rather than uh individual conferences with that being said uh we need to collectively bargain and i think uh they're on the right track i saw that the president at baylor basically said if we can show congress that we're willing to share uh all these proceeds we're getting from this game with our student athletes they'll be more on board with creating some of guidelines and guardrails for uh this particular enterprise and i think that's where we got to go we got to stop doing this via boosters because boosters will be with you when you win but they'll also look in another direction when you're not successful is it a is it a good thing for the sport to separate the top team like for for not I, I, it's funny because it, Liberty didn't have a chance to win a national championship any year, right? So, like, when we say, well, now they don't right. have a chance to win a national championship, well, they don't really have a chance to win a national championship. But but, but, he, but he also said that they can come along if they want. Right. There's going to be no restriction. It's whoever wants to come along can come along. And that's why I say, if we'll just do this via television uh, and share those proceeds rather than, uh, you know, hoard them to – respective conferences, then we can do that. Now that's going to take a leap because right now no one has that job description to say what's good for the whole. Right. Everybody's got job descriptions that says what's good for my school or my respective conference. So uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how this all plays out, but uh, the likelihood is we're going to have a separation of the top schools wanting to play and then whether or not that what that means to those that are left behind. Yeah, I'm not sure if Delaware can swim in those waters moving forward. Um, and then lastly for you, Coach, just I know it's going to be a lot more of uh, the Big Ten on CBS moving forward, and that means that you're going to be seeing Maryland. I, I, I'm i in a tough place. Again, I, another guy I like, Mike Loxley, I, it, do you feel like this is a building point for them, like what they've done these last few years, getting to bowl games and being competitive? Or do you worry that this sort of might be the top end of what they're capable of considering, you know, they had like their best quarterback that they've had in decades and they still weren't able to win more than seven games during the course of a season? I think it's, I, I, if, I think it's always good to be optimistic. And with the dismantling of the East and West, 
I think that will help uh, schools like Maryland, Indiana, those who have been yeah. beneath, uh, you know, Ohio State, even Penn State. Uh, I mean, the fact that you no longer are just going to have to you get log jammed by those three schools that sit at the top of the East, you're now going to get spread around. And I think that will create more opportunity uh, to convince recruits that it's doable. And once they come and get a part of it, then I think Mike Locksley is more than capable of taking this program higher than they currently set. That's a very good point. Coach Rick Neuheisel. It's at Coach Neuheisel on Twitter. And, again, you'll be seeing him on CBS. And, of course, hearing him. When do they hear you on SiriusXM, Coach? Uh, we're 9 to noon East Coast time nine. on Channel 84. Make sure you're tuned yeah, in. Yeah, me, me and the show pony. Yep, it's a <laughs> heck of a show. Hey, Coach, always appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you for taking the time for I us. I appreciate you. Uh, Enjoy the uh, America's Game, the 124th version of it, and uh, we're fortunate to be a part of it on CBS. No doubt. Merry Christmas, Coach. Thank you, sir. Coach Rick Neuheisel with us here on GCR as he gets ready for Army-Navy on Saturday, and he's up in Foxborough, and he's part of all the festivities, and they do a lot media-wise during the course of the week and a lot of coverage, and I've, uh, I appreciate that. I think it's wonderful for everybody involved. I know uh, USAA has been a big part of that, and um, I think it's great. I think it's really great that they, they shine the spotlight the way that they do on this game. All right, we are winding down on a busy Thursday. It's been a crazy day. It just tends to work out this way. I feel like Thursdays always end up being the day, too. Yeah. I feel I like... Is this a shot at me? No. No, it's not a shot at you. It just I know. I don't know why it ends up that way. It just it's sort like, of feels like Thursday the day where everything sort of gets thrown on. Like we're we, talking about all we, the games of the weekend. We struggle, we struggle, we struggle all week. <laughs> and then we get to Thursday and then there's everything. And it is I don't know, it just sort of tends to work out that way. Uh but it's been a very good show. No, I'm not mad yeah. at you at all. It's been a very well, good show. So. I mean, you need to turn the 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 his the phone back on when you mute yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, you know, things like that. Oh, can we share the clip uh, of yes. Luca from yeah. last night? So uh adult content alert. I guess the Mavericks won big last night. I I don't know. It's uh, December NBA. Man. Yes, they I, won by fifty. Right, they won by a lot. Luka Luka Doncic is doing his post game interview after a big Mavericks win. This is again on live television on Bally Sports Bally Bally yeah whatever that is, and he he says something he shouldn't say during a live interview, and he realizes it, and he feels really bad about it. And the hilarity that ensues afterwards is wonderful. You need to see it. If you're not, if you're only with us on audio, it's it's a good video thing. Uh, but Griffin will share with you. This is from Bally Sports Southwest uh, or South. Is it South or Southwest? I think it's Southwest. Because the, ba- the Rangers. Let's just say it. Bally Sports. It's from Bally Sports last night. Luka Doncic. And again, adult, con- unedited adult content alert. It's pretty important to come out here and get this win and get it in 50 point. That's re- that's resounding fashion. Yeah, uh, the point I said before the game, you know, we just can't fuck around and uh, we just, oh, shit. <laughs> you, you haven't been getting right. sleep. Yeah, it's pretty important right, to come right. out here and get this winning. Get it's it. just so perfect. That's, re- that's resounding fact. Say, dude, go ahead. Run it. Run it. Run it. Before the game, you know, we just can't fuck around and uh, he catches himself. Oh, shit. <laughs> you, you haven't been getting right. sleep. Yeah, so it's wonder- pretty important. Just so wonderful. Like, it's all so genuine. Like, he genuinely feels bad and then just ends up making it worse. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, you could hear he really felt bad about the fact that he dropped an F-bomb. Like, oh, I'm... <laughs> then he just... Puts his hand on the reporter's double, shoulder. I am sorry. Doubles <laughs> down with the... Uh, <laughs> just wonderful. 
<laughs> just wonderful. I like that guy. Guy, I can't, I can't lie. When he when he uh, eliminates the Suns in the playoffs this year, I won't. But for now, I like that guy. Luka Doncic post game last night. All right, tidbit is brought to you today by the Stand the Fan Variety Show, which uh, re- returns tonight. John Martin from the Maryland. There's my girl. There she is. Her first trip today? Nope, second lap. Oh, okay. When we were talking to Coach, I noticed gotcha. second lap. First overall trip, but second lap on the trip. When are we going to bring her in? Oh, the day we do the drinking show, we should invite her in, Griffin. Okay. Or maybe I'm the day that you there. do your show, do the show in your underwear. Yeah, so do we? Well, dec- that's not going to happen. Did we decide that we be better on Monday? Oh. Like, would it be weirder I'd tomorrow? Just when get it done. But Stan's going to be here tomorrow. You think he cares? He doesn't care. Yeah, he does. He did the naked calendar too. <laughs> All right, so tomorrow's the day. If the over hits, or if that means waltz. if it's a 20 to 11 football game, and there's lots of ways to get to 11. And I feel <laughs> so like, many. I feel so like many. these teams could figure out a way to get to 11. You're telling me a team gets to tw- I don't think. I Could I bet that? It could be nine, could I bet that neither of these it teams make score 20 It could points. be 19 to 12. What if it was 19 to 12? That'd be pretty, That's an over. That'd be pretty shocking. That's an over, Griffin. That's an over. How many safeties is that? Uh, lots of safeties. <laughs> Six safeties Six on safeties the Patriots side. <laughs> 100%. And eight and a field goal for the Steelers. Gets us Mr. to 19 just to 12. Like, just keeps running backwards out of the end zone. So and... if the <laughs> over hits, Griffin's doing the show in his underwear tomorrow. So would you rather we invite her in tomorrow or maybe we wait to the drinking show to invite her? You know, I don't care. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Griffin's <laughs> feeling himself a little bit. I like it. Well, it's not going to happen. Either, All right. So. All right. So uh, uh, Griffin in his underpants tomorrow. So we have that to look forward to. Stan the fan will chat with John Martin from the Maryland Lottery tonight. He and Ross caught up with Scotty McGregor earlier in the week. As always, find those shows Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports, YouTube.com slash Pressbox Online, or PressboxOnline.com slash video. What you got? Uh, what do I have? Um, so Luca, since we were just talking about him, they did beat the Jazz by 50 last night. Um, it is the second time that the Mavs have beaten the Jazz by 50 points. The last time was November of 2018. It is the only time in NBA history that one franchise has beaten another franchise by 50 points. How about that? Two How times. About that? Two times. I mean, 50-point wins don't happen no. regularly, so that's not all that surprising. I mean, I, it's an anomaly, but... They just got to make sure they don't F around any night. Yeah, I guess. It'll be pretty easy. He is the (laughs) first player uh, in NBA history to have a 40-point triple-double in a 40-point win as well. How about that? How about that? Good for Luka. Um, uh, Caitlin Clark, uh, she joined an exclusive club. 3,000. Yes, 3,750 and 750 as well. Oh, really? Yeah, only player to ever have 3,750 and 750. That's kind of crazy. It is. It is. Um, we were doing Golden Arm. How many 3,000-point scores have there been? Uh, that was going to be one of my teammates, but I wanted to go with the Golden Arm one. I can figure that oh, out. Hang on a second. 3,000-point scores. Uh, I don't feel like there have been that that many either at either level, I would think. Right. Uh, okay. Hang on. Uh, men's On the men's side, there have been 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Wow. All right. Don't look at them. You want to use it later or? Um, I mean, they're so random. Like, there's there's no chance. The only okay. ones that you would be able to name are... I, uh, I, I, I saw the first one, Pete. Yeah, Pete, Pete Maravich, yeah, right? Pete. Um, maybe you'd remember the Doug McDermott, Dougie McBuckets. Oh, wow, yeah, okay. Got over 3,000 right. points in his career, 3,150. 
Uh, most of these guys are guys you haven't heard of. Antoine Davis, of course, we remember that was the story uh, with Detroit Mercy. They wanted to play on. Oh, right. Despite the fact they have won like six games all season, they were trying to get in one of the postseason tournaments in order to CBI, get in a couple. ABC. Because he finished three points short of uh, Pete Maravich. Freeman Williams from Portland State. Chris Clemens from Campbell. Lionel Simmons, maybe you'll remember from LaSalle. Uh, Alfonso Ford from Mississippi Valley. Uh, Mike Dom from South Dakota State. Harry Kelly from Texas Southern. Cadron Clark from St. Peter's. And um, this guy had a hell of a career, Hersey Hawkins from Bradley. But not a list you'd be able to come up with. On the women's side, how many are there? There are 15. She's the 15. I'm guessing that they're also pretty random. The, yeah, I mean, yes. Um, there's, I mean, there's a couple that you... I mean, Elena Deladon. Elena Deladon from Delaware. Uh, Candace Parker? Candace Parker did not, I don't think. Gosh, this website. Uh, no Candace Parker. How about Brittany Griner? Brittany Griner, yes. Okay. And then otherwise... Uh, yeah, there's a couple more. The all-time leading scorer. Uh, a current or uh, not not current, but she's in the WNBA currently. Asia, uh, no, not no. Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Kelsey Plum, okay, all time leading women's scorer. Um, and I'll just go down. Kelsey, well, Mi- yeah, go. I Kelsey mean, are there any are there any more that are prominent names? Mm, no, not 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 as okay. much as those. Actually, one more. There is there is one more one that more you should prominent get. Prominent name that I should yes. get. Kelsey Mitchell of Ohio State, Jackie Styles of Missouri. Oh, Jackie State. Styles was a legend, man. Jackie Styles was a hell of a player. Mississippi Valley State. Trisha Hoskins. Sure. We could be here all day. Lori Bauman. What is he doing? Hey. What a weirdo. <laughs> what a weirdo. <laughs> Rebecca uh, Lobo. Um, Not Rebecca Lobo. Is there Lobo. a UConn player? There is a UConn player. That's the one that you're missing that you should have. It's not Paige Bu- uh Maya Moore? Maya Moore. Okay. Maya Moore. Um, is there a Tennessee player? The Yes. There is, yes, there is, is one. It, uh, and it's not Candace Parker. It's not Candace Parker. Is it Shamika Holdsclaw? It is Holdsclaw. Hell yeah. Well done. I loved well Shamika Holdsclaw. Jessica Coley. I actually knew a girl that played really? at Tennessee. And I, I feel terrible. i blanking on what her name was. Kelly Johnson, I think, was her name. Um, she be. was a three-point specialist gotcha. on those Tennessee teams. Um, Rachel ba- uh, Bantam from Minnesota, Je- uh, Jerrica Coley from FIU, Ashley Jones from Iowa State, Cheryl Miller from USC. Oh, Cheryl Miller, for God's sakes. Cheryl Miller. When I said, is there an obvious name on the list, you didn't realize that Cheryl Miller would be an obvious one? Sorry. Cheryl Miller was maybe the greatest player in basketball history. You know who that is, right? No. You don't know who Cheryl Miller is? I do not. Cheryl Miller is Reggie Miller's sister. Oh. Cheryl Miller worked as a sideline reporter for TNT for years. I mean, like, for forever. Well, that's a bad miss. That that one's that one's on. Both of us. Yeah, but more on you for not telling me I should keep trying to think of. Uh, last one on the list from Maine, Cindy uh, Bloggett. Oh, yeah, sure. Cindy. Cindy. Oh, Cindy. Yeah. Uh, so I was gonna do Golden Arm. I mean, it's already twelve thirty. What the hell? If you prepared it, let's just. Uh, so there are six schools that have had multiple Golden Arm six winners. Schools. Well, I know LSU is one of them. LSU we know is Joe one Burrow them. also won Joe the Golden Burrow Arm. Joe Burrow and Jaden Daniels. Five um, other schools have had multiple Golden Arm winners. I'll say Alabama. I only know AJ McCarron won. Uh, Alabama has had three. Yes. Okay. AJ McCarron and lap, lap three. By the way, lap three. AJ McCarron. There's one more that you should know. AJ McCarron. Uh, Tua? Tua? No, not Tua. It was recent, though. It was recent. The, twen- the 2020 Golden Arm winner. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Not Jalen Hurts. No. It was th- oh, my God. Why am I? 2020? 2020 was... He's not a good quarterback now <laughs> in the NFL. Not a good quarterback now. 2020... Why am I blanking on this? 
2020. Oh, Mac Jones, Mac right? Jones, yeah, yes. I didn't realize he won the Golden Heart. Well, I mean, it was a weird year. It, it was. was 2020. So uh, Bama, LSU. Um, Bama, LSU, Texas. Not Texas. Oklahoma. Uh, not Oklahoma. They both only had one. Can you name the Texas winner? Vince Young. Not Vince Young. Close. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. Oklahoma was Sam Bradford. Not Sam Bradford before that. Before the Jason White. Jason White. Um, USC. USC has had three. I think you should be able to name these three. Leinert. Matt Leinert. Palmer. Carson Palmer. And what year did this award start is the question. The, the award started in 87. He was the second recipient in 88. 88. Um, Brunel? Not Brunel. Was Brunel USC? Why am I? Um, Was Brunel USC? Yeah, now I don't know. Uh, I don't think Brunel ever won it. Yeah, Brunel did not win it. 88... 88, 88 USC, 88 USC. We actually uh, just talked to him. Oh, Rodney Pete. Rodney yeah, Pete. Rodney Pete. Son Rodney of Pete. Bitch. 1988. Right. Um, three more schools. Three more schools. Uh, Notre Dame. Uh, yes, Notre Dame. Two. Uh, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. And 89. Uh, would that have been... Oh, that wasn't Ron Paulus. It was not. Uh, 89, 89, 89. I don't know. Who was it? Uh, he did not have an NFL career. Tony Rice. Oh, yeah. We could have been here all day. Um, and there's how many more? Two more. Two more? Georgia? Not Georgia. And they their winners Florida. were... Florida? Uh, not Florida. Florida State. Florida State has had three. Uh, Charlie Ward? Charlie Ward. Gino Toretta? Um, wrong Florida school. What? Wrong Florida, different Florida school. Oh, Toretta went to Miami. Right. Yes. What and am Miami I doing? Miami would be. Oh, the other one? They would be the other All right, one. hang on a second. So let's do this. So Florida <laughs> State, Charlie Ward, uh, Chris Wanky? Chris Wanky. Is that it? 2000, yes. Okay. And then Miami's the last one? There's one more Florida State quarterback oh, if you want to. Uh, Chris Ricks? Not Chris Ricks. His name does start with okay. a C, though. 1991. I don't remember. Tell me. Uh, it was uh, Casey Weldon. Yeah, we could have been here. I mean, he played a little. He had a cup of coffee in the NFL. Who was your other Miami? Uh, Miami, so Toretta, Toretta. and uh, Ken Dorsey? No, not Ken Dorsey. Ah, uh, boy. How about... He won two national championships, on... but did not win the award in the year that he won a title. He won two national championships... But he did not win the award. He was a fifth-round pick by the Eagles fifth in 1991. Round. Or, yes, yeah, 91. pick of the Eagles in 1991. <laughs> and then he bounced around. Fifth-round pick of the Eagles in 1991. My God. Oh, he's from Boynton Beach. Oh, he's from Boynton. If you had just led with that. Just like Lamar. I don't know who is it. It is uh, Craig Erickson. Oh, Craig Erickson. I do vaguely remember Craig Erickson. All right. Is that it? Uh, that is it. Those okay. are the Very six good. schools with Very multiple good. golden armor. That was good. That was a good list. All right. Uh, Tubular is brought to you today by the Green Turtle. Griffin, you want to tell everybody what's going on, how they can cash in at the Green Turtle yeah, today? Yeah, uh, you got to jump on this wagon uh, of the under tonight, and if you go to the Green Turtle, you get a $10 Griffin's free bet. Griffin's literally putting his body on the line. That, that's true. 
I'm putting my body on the line every Thursday at the new Green Turtle Sportsbooks in Towson or Canton. Stop by, get your free $10 bet, watch the game, enjoy some great Green Turtle food. So make sure you check out the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton, the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting with a $10 free bet each Thursday. And maybe every single Thursday, just bet that under. Uh, It's been working out for you, although the other primetime unders didn't work last weekend. No, they didn't. Did not work. All right, here's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. Of course, the game of the century of the millennium, Steelers-Patriots. I mean, what else could you ask for in life? That is tonight on Amazon Prime Video at 8.15. Uh, The NBA in-season tournament semifinals. For some reason, on two different networks, ESPN has Pacers-Bucks at 5 o'clock. Then TNT has Pelicans Lakers at nine o'clock. Big night for Griffin all Go around. Pelicans. He could be. No Pels. He, he could be losing hundred fifty dollars and his dignity tonight. <laughs> that is possible. I will not lose my dignity if you say so. Never. Uh, Big Ten hoops tonight. Iowa Iowa State at seven thirty. The College Football Awards show at seven on ESPN. I think the John Mackey Award winner is announced. I assume it's Brock Bowers, although he missed a good bit of the season. I guess it's possible. Maybe he doesn't win. He's definitely the best tight end in the country. But is it possible he doesn't win the award? Because he missed time, right? I don't even know yeah. who else would be up for the I mean, John Mackey Award. Back. Um, Capital Stars, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Devils cracking at 10.30. USA Network for Tottenham Hotspur. The Spurs and West Ham United at 3.15. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, it is the season one finale of Bachelor. Or sorry, not season one. It's just the season finale of Bachelor in Paradise. Golden Bachelor was last week. Finale. Ah, yes. Um, it is you, think, you think I'm not up on these things? Yeah. Was the, there apparently a clip of one of the girls on Golden Bachelor just ripping a fart in response to oh a question God. during it? I feel I like that was getting that. traction on the internet, and I I knew nothing about it. I say one of the girls. They're definitely women. They're not girls. They're certainly not in their 20s, uh, the ladies of the Golden Bachelor. I feel like there was a, a thing that was floating around the internet of... One of the ladies that was on the Golden Badge were doing her like testimonial video where they like put, you know, they they ask you, anybody who watches reality TV shows know they like cut from actual footage to asking questions and apparently she just ripped a fart. Like, I have lower GI seriousness, so y'all gonna have to live with this. Oh, excuse me, the dinner was delicious, by the way. <laughs> Man. Hold on a second. That doesn't sound real. No. I got to be honest with you. That sounds like that was some television magic there. That like they got her to agree to let them do that in right. order to try. To, that does they, not. So they were bouncing, bouncing around from each woman. They were. I guess they had like a big dinner or something. If you say so. so that like, does not. One girl. That does not girl. sound real. That one sounds like something. They. That sounds like something they wanted. They wanted that. They wanted us to. They wanted, they us, wanted to, us, we, us to do it because otherwise we marks. we really are. <laughs> we got played here. We completely got played by that. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Uh, it is the Christmas at the Opry uh, special, oh. hosted by Win- Winona Judd. Sure. Nashville. That is on uh, NBC at 8. Um, Olivia Rodrigo and the winners of Squid Game will be on Fallon tonight. Okay. I have not watched Squid Game. Rodrigo will be the musical guest. I just set my top 20 songs of the year oh. this week. I do that every year. I, uh, the 20 days out from the end of the year, I start uh, a countdown. And Olivia Rodrigo made it. Sure. Uh, so what was it, Vampire? Not Vampire. Oh. I like uh, Get Him Back gotcha. a little bit more. And I have a rule that like I only put one song by each artist like on the list so I can spread the... Rodrigo's I, only 20. I, it's insane. I've talked about my Olivia Rodrigo thing over and over again. Like I, w- The way that you guys feel about Taylor Swift, I feel about Olivia Rodrigo. Like I don't care if she's an industry plant. That girl's got something to say. 
Um, Colin Joseph will be on. And you can make Myers. fun of the songwriting and get him back. Like it's a little lower end, right? Like the, rhyming like sad and bad. You know, like really to listen to get him come back on. Again. But it's that such a catchy song, and the actual concept of. I I want him back, but only to f with him again. Like it it works for me. I'm all in on that song. It is the season finale of the uh, Frasier reboot uh, on Paramount. Apparently, Plus. everybody hated it. Oh really? Yeah. Well, the finale finally. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's it. My life with the Walter Boys is a new show on Netflix, but it's like a random like you know just kind of like I'm good. But it, like you know, it looks it looks it's just like the class. So girl moves into uh this uh this house like i guess i don't know why she's like a i don't know if she's an orphan or something but she moves into this house with the walter boys and they're the hottest boys in school so everybody's oh. jealous of this girl i thought it was just a funny concept so sounds like that what was that show on amazon that the summer i turned pretty yeah like what is this what are we doing here all right very good thank you Busy day today. Thank you to uh, Jaden Daniels, who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. There's just some times where we have a guest on the show, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Jaden Daniels. Like, Jaden Daniels just casually called in. Like, one day, I, I, in the old radio show, I was forgetting. I know he's a scumbag now, but, like, at the time, one day I was, like, going over, the, who do we have on the show today? I'm like, we had that. Oh, and Brett Favre called in. Because <laughs> that's a normal, very normal um, bad, bad guy. Uh, Jaden Daniels, Rick Neuheisel, Ben Davis. Uh, Max Starks and Ken Zales will get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. And if you think today was big, <laughs> I might be in my underpants tomorrow. Tomorrow, Griffin in his underwear. Maybe, maybe. Any anything? Um, stand the fan. Yeah, stand the fan. Bo will join us. Bo will join us. Yes. Just as big as Jaden Daniels, really. Really. Stuff and things. Oh boy. Oh boy. Really. Really. <laughs> Yikes. Hey, today's show should carry you through. Always remember Listen to this to, one again. Always remember today. <laughs> you think about what might be tomorrow. Um, and please, uh, thank you to Anthony Vitrano. Got in. We, um, I think the number is like eight spots that I need to fill. Let's go. Get them filled for uh, our bull pick them. Uh, Venmo, Glenn-Clark, Glenn-Clark 180 on PayPal, Glenn-Clark Radio on Cash App. $20. Uh, winner take all on a 50-50 because 50% of the pot is going to the Helping Up mission. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. We good on TikTok again? Is TikTok yeah, happening it should, again? Right. should be. I mean, yes. Is it, though? Yes. I don't like should be. Had a great show. Let's not hey, close with that. Duke sucks. <laughs>